This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 84, Book of the Month Club. Welcome once again to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 84. This is our Book of the Month Club episode, and I'm, I'm Adam Chapman, your host, and I'm joined by my special guests... Amber Struck. <laughs> Paul Scores. And the Drinking Wonder... Nathan Struck. All right. The so, Drinking Wonder. Toronto has good water. Yeah, well, the drinking, the drinking wonder, that's what he's called now. Now they know where we are. Yes. <laughs> they already know we're in Toronto. Oh, do they? I'm pretty sure they, they know. They can find us. They can find us. They know we're Canadian yeah, as well. Yeah, it's a small town. <laughs> yeah, there's only a few million. Um, so we got three books that we're going to talk about uh, for this episode. Uh, one from DC, one from Marvel, one from Image. So we've got uh, Aquaman Volume 1, The Trench, which recently came out in trade from DC. Red She-Hulk, Hell Hath No Fury. Um but from Marvel and then Saga Volume 1 which came out a few months ago but uh, Volume 2 is coming out I believe next month in trade so we're just kind of getting geared up for that release um, so we're going to talk about uh, Aquaman first so uh, usually uh, in the last time we did this type of episode Paul you kind of brought us through the uh, the story of the the issue that we read and then we'll, we'll kind of dissect it afterwards okay well as I go through my thing I'll, I'll give my thoughts as well okay we're on a time crunch so basically, uh, this first volume of Aquaman is um, part of the New Fifty Two. Part of the New Fifty Two relaunch, obviously, and I think this book to me epitomizes the the point of the entire initiative. Okay, it was a fresh new start for the character. Right, they didn't bog you down with any type of nonsense or backstory or history, and they except just, they, they they presented you a very simple, very accessible. Uh, story with good art gave you a very basic uh, straightforward villain uh, that uh, they're going to encounter um, it's funny it's still d- and also dark at the same time with some of the creepy stuff and the creepy villains um, and it's just an all around good time I, 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 only, I read this two days before this uh, the cast the six books and I could not wait to get to the next issue Mm-hmm. Right, it was just it engaged me. It picked me up. Right, this brought me back to when Jeff Johns uh, restarted Green Lantern, okay, and restarted Teen Titans mm. for a bit, and gave it his own fresh coat of paint. And here's where we're gonna go. And I loved it. I loved everything about it. There was nothing bad in this book from my perspective. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it was a. You're right. I mean, it is it is a new Fifty Two book, so obviously the the point of it was to kind of peel away all the crap that had uh, accumulated on top of the character and just going back to who is Arthur Curry and just kind of enjoy that. I mean, they don't explain a lot of, like him and Mira, they just kind of jump in with it. So if you know a little bit about their backstory pre-New 52, you have that kind of sitting in your mind, but otherwise you don't need it in order to get going. don't at all. They they give you quick little snippets. don't give you an origin story per se. Which I'm actually glad they did. Exactly. They give you little blips of where they're coming from, where I'm going. They set up a cast. They set up his little corner of the DCU that he's doing in. Mm -hmm. Living in a lighthouse with Mare. He's happy. They get a dog. It's all shits and giggles. And then, you know, they refer to, you know, Mare's kind of shady past with her being set to kill Mm -hmm. Arthur Curry in the first place. A little shady. A little shady. Well, I mean, that's how I met my wife. I mean, she yeah. was planning to kill me, and I didn't. I didn't know, but didn't we all meet her yeah. significant other on an assassination gig? Yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah. 
And even at the very end, the very Big John's, you know, almost Blackest Night-esque, you know, little Atlantis blurb. He gives a snippet of what's, next, what's coming what's next. Come. And I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Something to look forward to and where this book's going to... Is he still doing this book now? Or did he jump uh, off? No, he's still writing it. Okay. Uh, Ivan Reyes is... So we should say the creative team. Uh, Jeff Johns wrote this new... Uh, this is collecting the first six issues of the relaunch Aquaman. Ivan... Is it Reyes or Reyes... I don't, Reese, I don't know how to, how to pronounce Portuguese Reese? names. I don't know how to pronounce it, so it's either Reese, Ress, uh, one of the two. Um, he does a pretty good job on the art. He's no longer on the book now. Okay. Uh, Paul Pelletier took over. Reese left and went to Justice League, where he's doing a good job there. Yeah. I think you like this creative team's Green Lantern work, you'll dig this. Because, you know, I don't think Johns did as strong of a job on the Justice League stuff, but here was dead on. Mm. And as a fan of his previous work similar to this, I, I, have, I have nothing bad to say. Okay. There is a obviously the the fir- okay. He definitely goes to great pains to sh- try and show. See, at times I thought it was almost too he, like he was beating me over the head with the fact that he wants everyone to go that Aquaman's cool. That's basically his mission statement with the first few issues, especially is that Aquaman's cool, guys. And I I like what he does with it, but it, at times it felt a little like a little heavy handed in trying to prove that point that Aquaman can be cool. I get it. But they, they push that a lot. That's that's my only kind of... Well, he's not my new favorite hero or nothing now, but... It, it's, Are you sure? Are you sure he's not your favorite hero now? No. No? It didn't go that far. No. It wouldn't go that far? No. Um, it wouldn't go that far. Nate, what are your thoughts on Aquaman? This is a pregnant pause. Uh, I don't mean it to be. Um, okay. So, this idea of him, yeah, being new to the New 52 and they're rebooting it and there's no real past... There is. There's a whole lot of baggage. He starts the book with with being the worst superhero in the public's eye, mm-hmm. and they can't stop making fun of him and belittling him. And he spends most of the book trying to have quiet dignity and walk away from the people berating him. Mm. So there is tons of backstory to this guy, most yeah. of it being he's the joke of YouTube clips and SNL skits. Mm-hmm. It's not being kind of like, here's a new, fresh take on things at all. He has baggage. Every single scene, mm-hmm. someone is making fun of him and directing to the fact that in the past he sucked. Which Amber and I were talking about before this, and it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Did Aquaman before this book not have powers, not have invulnerability, not have super strength, and could only talk to fish? And then he got those abilities now? Why uh, does the whole world think he's a joke and give him the powers that he had in the Super Friends? Like, yeah. they're taking the jokes that we have in our non-comic book universe and applying them towards Aquaman now which he he never faced those jokes before the new 52 like, I, no I agree with that they, it, is it doesn't a little, make any sense they it's, do go a little meta it's like it's very there. meta yes. the whole time that they're trying to address the audience saying like I know you guys think Aquaman is lame but if I lived in a world where there's a man who was bulletproof and could leap tall buildings and had super hearing and, super awesome and like, had a trident and could cut cars in half I wouldn't be like I was upstaged by that guy how embarrassing <laughs> Like it did, mm. it wasn't logical, and it was, I know it was meta, and it was addressing the concerns of of readers of Aquaman for a long time. But in like, our world, whatever we, our Earth number is, what are, is our Earth? Earth fifty three. It's like it's like everyone. <laughs> from, it's like everyone from our Earth. Superboy Prime is here. Oh, crap. Is in this Earth, and then we're all making because if we saw Aquaman, a guy dressed up like this, we mm. would go. I saw that special about the Mego figures on you know. Um, 
comic book man. Uh, uh, whatever, right? About <laughs> talking talk about how stupid he is, and he's in his stupid little like shirt, and he's like, no, it's scales. We would make fun of someone like that. Like, you look like an idiot. That's the worst superhero ever. And then he'd have to re-educate us and go, no, I'm a real person and I have powers. That's kind of what it felt like. It felt like he was almost the Superboy Prime of his world. No other superheroes exist. Mm. And he's just like, they're making fun of him as, a, as an intellectual property. You know, we all have toys of you when we were kids and you were the lamest member of the Justice League. Like, it doesn't make sense that this is the same guy who's been on the Justice League in the past. Mm. Like, or have these abilities. Everybody knows who he is. Yeah. But no one knows what he can do. No. Which is an odd juxtaposition to me well i guess part of well i'm I, I get where you're coming from there it is interesting that like how does everyone even know that he talks to fish i don't feel like he goes around telling people that yeah because he's never that? informed them. they don't know he has super hearing they don't know anything but they know everything about him it's really odd and then adam makes a good point he says look this is kind of played for jokes sure for the opening scene it could be a fun joke a wry smile but every single scene they keep doing it the end of the book they do it the very last in book six they do it again mm. and they make you know jokes about how he's kind of still lame that's too much by the they end of the military saved Aquaman yeah by the final uh. act the final act should be at least in this first arc establishing firmly as his own competent hero not ending it on a joke about his incompetence mm. like that didn't seem empowering to me at all you want Jeff Jones, you want to prove that he's cool? Don't take the rug up from underneath him every single chance you get and have people like hipsters in seafood restaurants almost throwing their fries at him mm. in, in just like disgust. And, 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 and Arthur walks into this restaurant dressed in his attire, shiny gold medal or orange medal and skin tight green pants with a trident and sits down for fish and chips and he's amazed why everyone's looking at him and talking to him. And he's like, look, can I just enjoy my meal in peace, please? I just want to enjoy my mm -hmm. meal. My father bought me here. It's meaningful to me. And the one guy says, then why did you dress up like that? You mm -hmm. want attention, don't you? These things are never really addressed. It's hard to get a sense of Arthur's personality when he does things that are completely counterintuitive that what someone should do. If you want to be incognito and think about your dad and reminisce about those memories, you don't go dressed in, in a penguin suit. You go in, in regular attire. I just And then Amber pointed out, we were talking about this before, he answers the door to the lighthouse yeah, in his undies. Yeah, he's like, I, you look like Aquaman, but I don't know if you're him. I've been going up and down lighthouses all along the coast <laughs> looking for him. So he's been searching for Aquaman in lighthouses. Gets to a muscular blonde man in a lighthouse and is like, I'm not sure it's you. Because right. there's a lot of muscular blonde men. So even <laughs> if he had just gone wearing shorts, wearing like, yeah. you know, swimming shorts That's to that know. restaurant, anything, people would go like, I don't know who this guy but is. Like, He's just some ripped blonde guy. But they, it's confirmed to them he has this little A belt on. <laughs> But it, they inserted that so they could make a joke about, yeah. like, I don't know who you are without the bright orange. They just seem like clumsy jokes. Yeah. And I don't think Jeff Jones is a funny guy. I've read a bunch of things he's written, and I've never laughed at anything he's written. He don't think, mm -hmm. I've seen him try to make jokes, but I've never laughed. I don't think he's a funny writer. Hmm. He's, not a, he's not a Kelly. No. You know, he's not even, I don't know, he's not even a Claremont. And I think they're... <laughs> Claremont? Claremont had some funny jokes. He's not really funny. He had jokes? There are instances in this book that are good, and I think most of them are the foreshadowing. Like, you're still keeping that Triton, even though you know all the trouble. I'm like, ooh, what's going to happen with that? Mm. That's kind of cool. And the way that, that Arthur reacted to having to wipe out that race, and like, seeing that their children were dying, and they were just coming up here for food, and... Mm -hmm. The, the conversation he had with Mara about that, that he's like, they're, they're people, and she's like, they're just animals, and it showed, sort of shows their different backgrounds, and you get this glimmer 
of of characterization and who he's going to be and who he is in this relaunch and he's like a really good and noble guy and mm. he's just trying to help everyone and he's just putting up but with they don't all really human follow crap, through but... with that they don't like that philosophical divide between the two perspectives like they're just things are animals they hurt people we have to destroy them almost this capital punishment kind of perspective and then he's got this more like more liberal view of like look give them a chance they could be creatures like they give you know we don't know all the facts that's never that's never really discussed the book ends in the trench being buried in lava and rock and Aquaman basically being responsible for killing everyone. like, And then he doesn't even really mourn it at all and go, I wish we knew more about them or mm. maybe this could have been solved another way. It's just kind of passed on to the next scene all of a sudden. You know what I mean? They don't mm. really take the time. Jeff doesn't take the time to, uh, to really look at any of these themes in any great depth. It's just kind of, let's go to Mera throwing water all over the place in the next few. Mm. You know? yeah, let's not say they can't go back there at some point. I wish they would, but I wish they would, instead of making scenes about people making fun and belittling our hero in our story... Maybe we could have time for more stuff with Arthur. It's the same problem I had with that Superboy Prime story. Uh, Clark Kent in that in the Superboy Prime universe is made fun of his whole life, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, maybe you can get away with that. He's a teenager. This guy is ripped, like 280 pounds of solid muscle. He can punch the the trench with his fists, and everybody from like children to adults are just spitting in his face. Like, you're a joke. What's wrong with you? Atlantis isn't real. Atlantis isn't real. You guys worship a sun god with a giant S on his chest. And you don't think Atlantis is real? Mm. Wonder Woman is from Themyscira. Like, she's this Amazonian princess warrior queen. Mm. And they live, you know, in certain depictions of the JLA, on a star base in orbit around the planet Earth. And, like, Darkseid comes in boom tubes every Thursday for iced tea. What do you mean Atlantis isn't real? Like, this is the DC universe. I'm sorry, but Jeff is almost trying to write this from a Marvel universe perspective. Mm. Where people are cynical, and they're like, this is the real world? Get out of here. This is This is a place where... Fantastical things happen every day, mm. and the biggest thing they throw in his face is like, "We all know Atlantis ain't real, Arthur." Like, I, I just feel it's too much. There is a little bit less fantastical in the New Fifty Two. That might be side. the new trend. They've tried to downplay a little bit of it, and it like, doesn't change the fact that Superman is still the Superman's still there. <laughs> Superman, yes. yeah, no, I wonder Woman yeah, pants but now. That's <laughs> <not realistic. laughs> but Superman, like, yes, he, he kind of establishes that people know lots of Aquaman, but do people really know anything about? all these heroes at this point or is it all rumoring hearsay well, like here's Superman he's awesome he can do all this stuff but here's this fish guy right? well they clearly That's know enough know. about him to have had years and years and decades of jokes about him and how lame he is I don't you think know? years and years and decades well, I don't know where it's, it's about five, five. It's about there, five there's years. enough yeah. that through several generations of people from the youngest kids to the oldest people in the book they all know the jokes they all get the jokes and they've all heard them very clearly and they mm. all don't spend a spare a moment but to, to throw it in his face and tell him the jokes that they heard. It's just... So I don't even know, like, internet memes. You know, uh, a Paul, a Paul son so is, is a with, teenager. Remember the one with Aquaman dancing? No, I don't. Have you seen that one? But, like, the internet memes are, are a big generational divide. Some people don't understand what memes are in the first place. Teenagers have the memes they understand. Uh, and, and when you're older in your 30s, you're like, I don't, you know, I, I have the, the inside jokes we understand from our generation, but mm. vice versa, we don't, we don't understand it. If all generations know that he's a big joke, apparently it's been going on for longer than three years. You know, mm. people don't all watch SNL, but they all get, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I just feel like there's no point in tearing down your hero if you're supposed to make the, the readership either identify with him or want to be him. This is supposed to be, in some small way, uh, male empowerment fantasies, right? Mm-hmm. These are these juvenile, juvenile male empowerment fantasies where we read these books to see sexy women in skin-tight outfits 
because you know some of the boys who read these are 12 and they're coming into their own sexual identity and b they want to see this strong masculine role and dream of what i could be in another world but in instead a, in a way, I suppose, he's berated like they're bullies and he's no, kind of slinking it, away it, from it addresses it. that in a way because those guys get berated like they're bullies but secretly they're really more awesome than anyone but he realizes, doesn't even fight back show them all he excuses himself from the crowd in the seafood restaurant nobody. and walks away I don't, I don't, I don't need water. Do you want water, Aquaman? <laughs> no, I don't need water. You just talk to fish. I don't talk to but fish. Then later I go inside their membranes I and don't. give them a push. Like everything he says isn't even yeah. like aggressive. If you talk to Batman that way, he will he will smack you in the first, mouth. Well, first of all, he, he wouldn't be there. Like slap Robin. And, well, yeah. First of all, Batman doesn't <laughs> usually go to the market to buy apples in his outfit. But second of all, like. There's a presence. There's there's this presence to the the Justice League, like the Big Seven, yeah. that you that they're gods, and you wouldn't ever approach them like that. No one would ever go up to Superman and tug his cape. You don't do that. There's a reason why. It's not because he can kill you. You know he won't. It's because he, you're so in awe of his presence that you know he glows with but sun he also, power. He also you know? like he floats and he's not always on the ground. Sure, man. He's on the ground. He's right there. Like he. Makes it himself available. It's like there's certain celebrities you would never go near, and you're like, oh my god. It doesn't like, matter. He's still a giant guy in golden armor with a super awesome spear trident thing. You just don't piss mm. with him. I, I don't, you know? I, I think you might enjoy the next trade a lot more because it delves in more into Atlantis and that kind of stuff. Maybe. Now, this was I, a, a lot more like kind of jumping into the character. You weren't really getting into the backstory of Atlantis. You were just kind of establishing who is he right now in the New 52. But going to what Paul said, I did like that they. They made it kind of jumpy, like they like they did two stories over across six issues. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I was worried they were going to do six issues of this whole merman like deep water creature thing. Okay. I'm really glad they made it more punchy. It's like it's oh done in three, next one kind of done in three, and mm-hmm. we're going to drop um, Aquaman into a desert. It felt kind of like Exiles for a moment. He just kind of yeah. drops out of the air and lands yeah. on the desert. I'm like, okay, this could go any either way. So I like that they did that. That was nice, and I think that Ivan Reese's uh, art exceptionally detailed some of those panels I, uh, Adam's opening to the double uh, panel splash page for Lost, desert, which is gorgeous um, I do find there are some times when you look at some of the panels and it's a little too busy mm-hmm. almost to the point where like Angel Medina or Adam Medina he's kind of a George Perez style artist um, That's kind I suppose of... I like him better than George Perez okay but like when he was on Green Lantern like especially I think he did Green Lantern 25 which the he gets a little busy and he you, puts a lot of characters he, in his he almost pages. loses focus Amber mentioned this yesterday there's almost like a loss of focus it's it's bad art theory the way he's drawing particularly his splash pages like his panel to panel story work his storytelling panel to panel is great but then when he does a splash page it's very confused and he has no visual focus that you can work outwards from as the viewer of the piece of art and well that's that's one strategy I guess yeah there's this particular panel that we're looking at where they show Mara says don't you know a king and queen and I flipped it open and I didn't know where to look yeah. Because it's so busy. I'm like, am I looking at the people in the pods? Am I looking at this, like, how many there are? Am I supposed to be overwhelmed? Am I looking at the giant queen? And, and the also fact doesn't help that, that that's happening There's a is, scene, too, like, ruining the picture. Is, yeah, is, there's a bit of gutter loss it in makes the it, it makes it difficult to follow the art. So while it's very nice and it's very detailed, it's ignoring certain things that make good art. Mm. And I also feel... He's alarmingly inconsistent on Mara's face. <laughs> but she looks different all the time. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes she looks great, and sometimes she looks all naffed up. And I'm like, why can't he just draw? He can draw everyone else consistently, but he can't draw her consistently. Sometimes the faces look like Phil Yemenas. 
yeah. by the kind of style. Yeah, uh, one thing I just kind of noticed... It's also super detailed. ...is that there, there's, a, there's a bunch of times in the book where Aquaman's armor gets like shattered or ripped, but then he always has a fresh... A fresh one. How many does he How have? How much scale armor does, does he have in the It's all superheroes. Yes, but Batman has... Well, Reed's notorious for that, too. Well, Red She-Hulk regenerates on its own, so, you know... Yeah, her clothes armor. grow back. <laughs> well, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Um, any other comments you really had about Aquaman? I, I don't mean? want this to seem like we're dumping on it. I, I wanted... We well, I mean, Paul really enjoyed it. I, yeah, I, I, I actually... I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it. I think that for what it was, aside from the fact that I was really distracted by the constant insulting of the main character, mm-hmm. trying to be too meta, I didn't there were good things here. As hardcore as you... I, and the first issue was is very prevalent, but I didn't find it... It keeps going. Every I, time I, he interacts with it, humans. But, but every time. It, it slows down. Yeah. But it should, like it should it should stop yeah. and go away and not be. I mean, it's the focus of I mean, the first issue. You keep going through it, and there's that the, the um, interaction in the restaurant. Then he leaves and talks to the police officers, and they're insulting him the entire time. And then there's that police officer who knocks on the door of, uh, of the lighthouse. I'm looking for you. Kind of kind of makes fun of him too. Like, where's your orange shirt? Like, doesn't even know it's scale armor. Well, like, that's, every, that's, not so that's not so bad. That's not so bad. But it's just like it's odd because. Jeff Johns knows what he's doing, and he's giving these people dialogue for a reason. And saying, "Hey, you know, where's where's your stick?" Like they don't say that, but if they were to say the same thing, like, "Hey, where's that stick you bring with you?" and he goes, "It's a trident." Like he has to keep informing everybody of what he really is, and I'm actually a big deal, and I'm actually a, a, to be feared. But he never um, gets angry. Like, and I like that. Like again, it's the quiet dignity of the character. Like he'll just he'll just take it. He doesn't. Well, he almost doesn't care. But again, read passes, right? I have read passes. Can they keep going? Uh, they move away from just being centered because here there's a lot of him being on land. Right. The next arc is much more that he has another team that he's had called the Others, and there's a lot of other things going on in Atlantis. Apropos. Well, and Amber's <laughs> right about this whole thing: U.S. Navy save Aquaman from desert, and then it's just a page of people making fun of him in news feeds. Like that's the end of the book. You know, I, I feel that that is way too much. Now, as far as this kind of stuff here, I'm turning to the page where he uh, touches the sigil. The Atlantean sigil. Yeah, he opens the black box and he gets kind of a a message from beyond the grave. Mm. There's a lot of Superman stuff here. Discussion between Arthur and his dad about, like, you don't belong in their world, you don't belong in the water world, you don't belong anywhere, you'll never belong, you'll never Mm. fit in, they'll always hate you. That's not what he's talking about, though. It's just the final moments of the ship crash. No, no, no. What he's talking about with his dad. When he's in the desert, his dad's talking to him. That's very Kal-El Jor-El almost. That's very much like, what world do you belong to? And then there's this idea here of, like, you see this kind of advanced civilization through some technology giving him insight into like the the, the past culture you know he's got to go solve a mystery and find more out about like what happened back mm. then um, even down to the sigil where someone goes hey it's the A on your belt A for Aquaman and he's like no it's not for it's an oh, Atlantean that, symbol they're calling Mara Aquawoman yeah, yeah. Well, Actually, uh, yeah I want to get yeah. to that I was okay with that but uh, just on the sigil itself that's the reappropriation of these kind of old cheesy symbols uh, with something meaningful. And the Superman did that. It was S for Superman. But now we know, and even in this Men of Steel trailers, she's like, what's with the S mean? And he's like, it's not an S. On my world, it means hope. And she's like, okay, well, why don't you change it to something else that looks like an S? That is a cheeky kind of play on them changing the DC Universe into something that actually I think has a lot more meaning. Mm. Um, now, to Amber's comments about, yeah, is that Aqua Dog? Is that Aqua Woman? Those are more jokes that Jeff is playing with by saying, look how ridiculous the DC Universe has been. 
everybody is an aqua something or a wonder something mm-hmm. or a super something or a bat something. It's enough already. It's stupid. Just adding kid and lad onto the end of the noun doesn't make it interesting. No. I wonder if they so, reintroduce aqua lad. But they keep doing it though. <laughs> I like love even at the end of the book, girl, make you sexy. The book ends. Dark he's not sexy. Yeah. The book ends with yes. making fun of Aquaman and is that your aqua dog? Like another joke about DC. Like it's almost like Jeff doesn't like DC. I don't understand. <laughs> like take it easy, Jeff. Like couldn't you have just said like how about we call him Trout? That's the name of our dog trout ah that's ironic <laughs> instead yeah was it like can Hawk- you talk to is him it like though? Hawkeye's dog I just yeah, yeah Hawkeye's dog I, mean, I like seeing dogs in, in these, yeah. these stories as long as it's not um, Call of Duty Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Duty dog. dog yeah <laughs> so I don't again I don't want it to seem like I don't like it the thing I actually really didn't like the most in terms of the story like a story being told okay. was the Mara one shot I didn't care. Oh, with her going to the market? Yeah, I don't care about Mara going to the market. <laughs> How do you feel about that? When you that? say it that way, it sounds extra well, stupid. I think the Mara going to the market was important. Because... Mara marching to the market. Mara marching merrily to the market. <laughs> because it's it illustrates how she is more assertive mm-hmm. than, than Arthur is, and how she is actually more suited to being a queen, and how she's been raised for this, and she was going to take over Atlantis, and she lead this... So section. she's more likely to name more because yeah. she's a dick to humans? So. A little bit. Well, yeah. Is that what we're seeing? Well, does she hold herself above? That knows, was a Namor move, to break someone's arm better, for touching you? Absolutely, like, yeah. She mentions briefly at the beginning, like, you know, they should be bowing down to you, and he's like, I'm not a king among them, and she's like, it doesn't matter, you're better than them. Yeah, but she's she testing him, that, because she was that told Arthur that he's says, trying to usurp the throne and become a king. Uh, yeah. Once upon a time. But she's saying that, no, no, you know, Arthur stands for this... And I do not, and mm. it sort of establishes her personality, and it also establishes that view that they were kind of discussing before, and picks up on that thread that Arthur thinks like you know they're good, and they could like when they're talking about the 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 things from down below, they're like they could be people, they could be sentient, we don't know. And she's like, it doesn't matter, they're less than us, they're just destructive. And he actually says, you know, the, the same could be said of the humans. And mm. She views humans in the same way. So the fact that they have this human moment for her and they have the girl come up and help her and she realizes that she needs help and perhaps she could grow to understand humans as well, I think is an important moment for her. And then even though it wasn't the most interesting story, it was an important establishing story if she's mm. going to be a major part of this universe and, of Aquaman. And she yeah. is, for sure. Yeah. Uh, again, like this is this invasive DC civilian kind of thing going on again. Aqua Lady walks into your store, and so you feel her up. You know, they don't know when to shut up and not berate Aquaman when he's trying to enjoy his fish and chips. And they see a woman walk into a store, and he's like, "What is this made of?" So it's grabbing her waist. Well, like the DC also, civilians are look, really they establish the, guy's they establish a the guy's a lech. Yeah. He is a douche. I understand, but there this are is creepy, Aqua Lady. There are creepy leches no, out there. Creepy leches don't care who you are. They, they just, just care want, if you have the touch you. They just yeah. seem like they're all kind of too, too. I don't know. I, well, they I, don't know their own bubble. Their own. Well, I think part bubble. of that is. Well, I think the DC universe has always kind of been that way, though. Is that there's so many heroes and they're everywhere and they can reach out and touch them. Well, you're, you're not supposed to touch them. <laughs> I don't know. Especially to, when they tell you not to. Yeah, but apparently you can most of the time. But I think this this is full of potential, and I was frustrated that it didn't meet it. Okay. That I kept reading things like, especially in Lost, when he was like had this great moment when he's looking at the black box and it's like they're still outside. I can hear them scratching, and I'm like, ooh, chilling. Mm. Where did they come from? What else is down there? What what will he find when he goes back to Atlantis? And then like, 
stupid Aquaman joke or overly yeah. melodramatic moment with a flashback to his father. Like, it's just too hard to talk about your mother, son. And I'm like, uh, you know, I, all I, in washed out I like colors. that those moments are there. I do like I the moments. I do perfectly. like the moments with his father and seeing the flashbacks at the lighthouse. Like the flashback. Establishing why he's even at the lighthouse. At the restaurant where they're just like smiling at each other. He's like, yeah. that's a good memory. I'm like, that oh, that's nice. nice. Yeah, but that standing sweet. at the end of the dock and he's like a little kid and he's like, I told the whale I'd be here every day. Like, <laughs> I can't talk about your mother. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, that was too much for me so I think it's this this mix of a book I could enjoy but I mm. kept going ugh Aquaman I think you might, I, I think I think, I think both you, you and Nate yeah. I think you, both you and Nate will enjoy where the book goes because it becomes a little bit more about again about Atlantis and about his responsibilities my concern is it's going to become too much about Atlantis and not about him it, it's because still all more of this about is about him. the past right true it, no, it does stay more about him and not just the function of him being a king or not. Because the only thing I know about his personality right now is he doesn't like to argue with people who are making fun of him. Other than that, what... Do, uh, I, I, actually, that's not fair. Also, we know that he'd like to give... He's more prone to give people the benefit of the doubt and not quick to rush in and judge them. Very, super, very Superman of him. Which is very, like, you know, that's very heroic. But those are the two traits I know. He's he, kind of a pacifist. He's blonde Superman. A he's, he's a He's a person of two worlds... Who wants to love the humans, well-being above them, but wants to protect them. Mm. And his area is, sure, the shoreline instead of, like, the skyline, as it were. Yeah. But he's he's super strong, he's super hearing. They make allusions to the fact, oh, you're like human- Superman. He's, like, close enough. He, they both you date know, mermaids. Oh, wait. He's, <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> he's above, um, he's, he's, like, above people and above the law, and mm. he wants to respect them, but he's got to do what he's got to do. So they're like, stop, we've got this under control. And he's like... I'm going into the ocean anyways, guys. Okay. I'm going to save your people whether you want me to or not. Mm. So he's this very blonde, Boy Scout, super powerful character. It's just like, if Superman had been picked on on a kid, he would be Aquaman. No, it's more like, instead of Superman dealing with the cosmos and everything in the cosmos that can that really you know get your imagination running, it's the ocean. But the which ocean, I find very boring. No, but the ocean can be like the cosmos, because... Even There's a lot we, of stuff we don't, don't know. We don't Are you referencing Sequest right now? Because <laughs> I was just going to say that. I don't like that show. I'm referencing Echo the Dolphin. Oh um, my god. That's a terrible game. That's you don't want to reference, reference at all. But, you know what? There are movies that are creepy underwater, like certainly The Abyss. Um, sphere. And Sphere. Those are cool, oh, creepy sphere, underwater yeah. movies. But it's because it's so claustrophobic. It I made mean, me feel like Sphere when they were going down and they saw the ship that's been abandoned. And I'm like, ooh. Okay. Wouldn't it have been cooler, though, if they saw that Sorry. message about him saying they're scratching on the walls or almost through and you hadn't seen what those things looked like? Then your imagination could have run wild with you. What are they going to see when they go down there? That would have been nicer to kind of flip that. I think that they yeah. showed the monsters really soon. Well, because they needed them to come out. They, needed they didn't th- have to. Well, they wanted... They could have come out later. Yeah, but they wanted it to be more like there's a, a clear and present danger of someone coming and he's reacting. You're telling me what Jeff Johns wanted? Yeah. You know what he wants? I think so. I think one of, Well, I think he wanted to show Aquaman again defending. If he kind of stirred the hornet's nest himself, it would... It would take a little bit away of, of the idea of him protecting those who. Well, he could just have gone up and protected anyone who got the backlash. I don't know. I don't whatever, know. whatever. That's not a big deal. But uh, is this a problem though that characters like Namor and Aquaman have? Namor has struggled to maintain the book for years, and he mm. can kind of get away with a miniseries every now and then. But most of the time, you go to the comic store. I don't know. You guys go. I don't know. And do you hear people talking like that? Namor. I can't wait till he gets another series. Right. But like, he's a huge dick. He's hilarious. <laughs> I right? love Namor. He's, Nobody well, wants to read a Namor book because they don't want to read a book about a condescending well, dick. But he'll, <laughs> but he'll steal your wife yeah. away. Like he's awesome. <laughs> characters like Namor and his act is old. Right. You can't. Um, yeah. Characters like Namor and to a lesser extent Hulk and Thor work better 
sometimes as foils in other books. Because Hulk, I mean, Tom will hate me for saying this, but I mean, I like the Hulk, but sometimes he's most interesting when When he can be the one who's just going crazy and there's someone to fight against him. But he's not usually a hero necessarily. I don't know. I think some of his best stories have been great psychological analysis. I agree, but sometimes, I mean, but that's a lot of him on his own, usually. Sure, okay. Whereas it's harder to have him with, like, in a typical kind of... Like, that's what Namor doesn't have a supporting cast. He has other heroes that, yeah. he, that he's a dick to. But, and he'll Craig and Atuma do not make a supporting cast. Yeah, and he'll, he'll hit on Sue, but he doesn't really... And sometimes he'll have a few people that they'll introduce in, that, in Atlantis that he's kind of working with, but then they go away. Or, like, yeah, the, the next time there's a new miniseries, they forget about it. I said this far more true of Doctor Strange and Namor than it is about Thor and Hulk. I think Thor and Hulk can't sustain their own They, they can, and obviously they have. But I'm saying sometimes you can read those stories and be like... Well, I don't know what they're trying to go for. But here. is this a problem shared by Aquaman? Do you feel that Aquaman struggles with this? Because people are like, how many times can I see people swimming around in water on page, um, pages? A of water? little bit, because sometimes it can Final feel. Final Fantasy X would suggest all the time. <laughs> water <laughs> is a theme in that game, but it's not like every area is underwater. But... Sometimes it can be challenging, I think, for them to. Well, because a lot of times it ends up just being Atlantis, and if it's always in Atlantis, yeah, it starts to get dull. That's exactly what and it's is. And it's that, it's that balance between... Well, I mean, it's, I think in some ways it's harder with Namor, because we never really have a really good sense of why he's even on on land. Like, because yes, humans keep coming into his ocean, lady. so he's going to kill what, them. But that's what, <laughs> to bang ladies. And to bang the earth ladies. Yeah. I mean, that too. But I'm, or, to, you know, to bang Emma Frost, so he's going to be a mutant for now. He's going to accept his mutant heritage. But, like, there's no real reason for him to be there. Well, no, that does make more sense now because the Atlanteans in the Marvel Universe are an endangered species. And so they are using the island that, to house yes. them. And, and he's also part of two endangered species at the same time. Like, that kind of makes a little more sense. A little bit more. But it's still... It's tough when you have the seven... I'm the king of the seven seas... That's a lot of surface area, mm-hmm. and a lot of that, of and, a, and a lot of that surface area of the Earth is just like fish. Like nothing's going on there that's of any interest. No. But that's the great thing, though—you can make anything go on there because we don't know what's going on there. But you know what's going to be focused on Atlantis. You know what? Every time they should do a <laughs> great. Right. There'd be a great storyline with like volcanic sea bacteria causing a plague. I would read that. Why can't there be any no. other cities under the sea no one's about? Yeah, that's true. Other and... things might have sent down there. But, I mean, there was like this whole they, culture they, in a crevice did, that they didn't know about. Exactly. They did do that with Namor recently. Like they, they, he kind of unearthed a whole like kind of evil, kind of sub-Atlanteans. Yeah, like, evil Atlanteans. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, but yeah. it, there was another people in another culture to fight against. Yeah. We can do sunken spaceships. It, look, the hard you thing can is do, like that strange monsters. Is it the Enterprise it's, underwater? It, it kind of is. The, it. the oceans are so vast. I love the ocean. But it's Aquaman, <laughs> I loved Aquaman as a kid because he was the ocean I do hero. like here that they... <laughs> and least, I loved ocean. They, they have to keep finding excuses to bring him on land. And then as soon as they do that, everyone's like, do you need a glass of water? Or like, oh, he's in a desert. That's the end of him. And that's, and that's literally what happens. And then he did water. And I was like, come on. They put him in desert and he just collapses because that's, that's what Aquaman well, does. Like, it, a little bit. Well, he also yeah. blew up. He did get thrown from an explosion. There was an explosion on the helicopter. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know. But I thought you meant like he collapsed in the desert and then I missed that page where he just spontaneously combusts like oh, that'd be amazing I would read that that would be great I want to know how he survived but that. it's it's the same thing you keep having to have reasons for Thor to come to Midgard and not be in Asgard all the time even though I prefer no, being I, Asgard who cares time. Asgard's amazing no one, no one needs him to leave Asgard yeah but the ocean's amazing no it's not but so sometimes again but sometimes sometimes Asgard becomes the, the Atlantis thing it's a it's another Asgard thing like it's I mean yes yeah but Asgard's interesting so can Atlantis? No. It's like it's the, ocean. the ocean is an ecosystem, first of all, that we don't have a lot of... We don't reference it very much because we, we're not water people. Well, no, I'll tell you the problem is that... The, the, we're not Asgardians. Stan, no, Stanley, but they, 
Hold on. I didn't say that we're Asgardians. I said that we're on land and the Asgardians are on land. If the Asgardians spent all their time in the water, too, we'd be like, not another water I don't movie. think that's the that's problem. That's why Blue Crush failed. I think the problem is that they they have never done enough work on really um, building World up building. Enough, enough of the supporting cast in Atlantis. Whereas with Asgard, there are a lot of Asgardian characters. So if you spend time in Asgard, there's a, there's a lot of characters you can play with. Whereas if I asked you to you know, name five other Atlanteans that Aquaman hangs out with, I could name two. I think it really is because we are land people, and it's hard for us to care about the water. And in, you in can all care aspects. about another realm? In all aspects. Yeah, sure, because it's a fantasy realm that's modeled after Earth. I mean, Atlantis is sa- a fantasy for, realm. For goodness sake, people, Midgard and Asgard. Asgard is just Midgard with bigger mountains and bigger <laughs> bigger people. They're called giants. Like, it's not a huge difference in the ecosystem. Mm. You know, I mean, like, there's some lava in a volcano if you go far enough, and there's some forest <laughs> with elves in it. It's just mid-Middle Earth. The, the water problem exists, first of all, in video games. Nobody likes water levels in video games. They're slow. <laughs> they're boring. Water yeah, movies. Go. There are like two water movies I like. A lot of water movies. Was that one water movie about the guy lost at sea? Water World? No. That was a terrible movie. But like, remember that movie? It was just like a guy. They, Castaway? Castaway? Was it not Castaway. It was like two hours of a guy in water. I don't know. Water. Do you remember what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, there was uh, it was three hours. It sounds a couple that gets stranded. Yes. Called, uh, blue Water, Deep Water. Uh, yeah. And a shark comes at one point. Yeah. Super boring. No one likes it. Like, water movies don't sell very well. Water video games are boring. Water books. What do you got? Moby Dick? Is that all you got? Like, water is not <laughs> the kind of thing. We don't get excited for water. When there's an episode of the Avengers where they go underwater, I'm like, oh, spare me. Just kill me now. Because I don't care. They're all going to put bubble hats on and go underwater and talk to the fish. Like, it's not interesting. So you didn't and enjoy, then a yeah. giant serpent is going to be chasing them through the water. With oh, My hand is the serpent. And the Quinjet's going to be flying away from it. And they do the same thing in episode one, Star Wars. Oh, we're going to go through the center of the planet, because that was the best way to get to, the, to Naboo. And they get chased by an underwater Naboo's creature with a big mouth every single time. Transformers, <laughs> they crash land into a planet. There's underwater creatures, and then this thing's chasing them underwater. And there's like it's just like, I've seen squids and giant fish too many times. I don't care anymore. It's not, you've got to make a compelling 2000 Leagues Under the Sea. A good water novel that at least has some imagination to it but you better believe there's a giant squid in that one too there's your key word for that imagination if people do dull things with water it's not water's fault it's a realm full of possibilities but, but we have decades and decades of boring things like to be perfectly honest it was neat to see these cool luminescent fish but ultimately but why did they explode when they came to the surface but yeah they should have popped like yeah. like like you know uh, popcorn but and problems with the physics of the fish I wasn't really <laughs> scared for Aquaman and there was nothing really really new about these guys ultimately it's just like a water menace in but, a trench but it's a quick simple threat to start it off to and I'm glad it was quick the deep end right I'm glad it was quick exactly <laughs> well, the deep end that's it done alright let's get to our, our ratings uh, Nate how many tridents I don't know how I feel about rating things I don't know you know that, I like, that's what we do though I, I liked it I agree with Paul that it was enough of a page turner that because some comics you know you read them and you're like I just don't want to get through this I'm pretty sure I gave she you Hulk. one of those because <laughs> um, I read a lot of these New 52 books and a lot of them are just, eh, this one hooked me. I would say that, I mean, I don't know anything about DC, but I was just, I would just say, like, if I were to give this to the right age group, who just wants a quick romp, mm. I'd recommend it. I'd give it a recommendation. There's nothing wrong with a romp, right? I mean, do I have to give a number? I would like a number. Out of 10. A 6.5. Okay. Amber? Respectable. Five tridents for wasted Five potential. Five tridents? Wow. <laughs> I was so happy and then so sad. And it kept making me so sad that it's just, like, it lost a trident every time it made me sad. Wow. Um... <laughs> I I, I, I I found I was I was reviewing what I'd already reviewed all this stuff in other media and I I apparently not like the number eight a lot. I get this one eight. I just I found it a lot of fun. That's high. 
you know what it is but i i didn't not like anything and yes there are certain things that you bring up and certain things you might notice but overall it was a fun read and when i got to the end i i was okay with reading more like and that's actually the supplementary question before we get to paul's rating is would you read the next volume because this is how you feel about this one, but did it make you interested enough to read more? The next no, volume is by, by Reese. I'm good. I think this is, should have been a miniseries. Just six issues is fine. This is like this could have been one of those things. Where it's like here's why Aquaman is in the New Fifty Two. Now we don't want to read about him anymore, but he'll be in Justice League. That's kind of how I feel. About okay, it. Amber. I would give it one more volume. Okay, but if they don't satisfy any of the foreshadowing they did, then I'm out. Amber okay. has needs. Fair enough. I have needs. I'm okay. a woman. Like how, many, how many Atlantis mysteries can we go on? I watched Stargate Atlantis for like three seasons, and I, I can't get that life back. Um, There's some good stuff that happens. I enjoyed the, the next arc, and the one after it is phenomenal, Okay, uh, which is Throne of Atlantis. Well, based on your recommendation, I might take a look. Sorry, Paul, it's your turn. And Paul, you're, how many tridents? Ten. I, Ten? Yeah. Oh. Dang. Yeah. I, I, so pointy. Even, yes. <laughs> 30 spikes. <laughs> no, I absolutely enjoyed this book. I'm, I'm, I'm more simple. I don't... You know, maybe I sound stupid on these podcasts sometimes. And I don't delve into quite the the depths that uh, you guys Ooh, do at times, and, are and really digging into, delve into the depths. where <laughs> uh, the characterization and all this kind of stuff goes to. But to me, it was very simple. I picked it up and I couldn't stop reading it. And I enjoyed it. And the big thing for me, it harkened back to again John's work when he started Green Lantern up. We started mm-hmm. Teen Titans. I love those books. Well, he he, he is, gives you a ground zero to yeah, start from. Exactly the same vein again. Don't do a lot of DC. Not a DC guy, but I would keep going with this. You know, so as, you read long, the as, next long, as long as his name's down here, okay. I keep going. With so this. if I hand you next, so if I hand you next volume two, no, no, right. it's a big name. Yeah. But would you take the issue if you're collecting singles and hide it in your stack, or would you be fine letting it on the top so everyone can see what you're buying? Are you embarrassed by it? I know I, I'm not embarrassed by liking this book. Well, I mean, they did put a. I mean, obviously, they wanted this book to be more of a success. They put one like the you know their chief creative officer writing it. They put one of their relatively hotter artists on it. Like they they put enough of a push behind it. The last few times they've done a Namor book, I can't tell you who wrote it, and I, I think Adam Polina on art or like someone who wasn't that good. Like at least I think the, when was the last time Namor got a really good writer and artist team like to really make a statement? Never. The depths maybe. The Depths? Yeah, well, but that was an else. It was, it was a sad Ribic, wasn't it? It was a sad Ribic. He's a really good artist. Yes, but it's also not in continuity. So the whole oh. Marvel Knights run of that I'm time. sure the Namor fans are just like, oh no, no, well, it's not enough, a Namor continuity. To be honest, that wasn't really a Namor story. It was a horror story that happened to feature a character that Which was Which is Namor. at least a spin on it. It is a spin on it, but it wasn't really Namor. I know, it was, it was more like 2000 Leagues Under the Sea in some ways. Like yeah. The, he's like the creature outside. Oh, totally. But I mean, it, it was a cool psychological little thriller. Yes, but it wasn't about, it wasn't really Namor though. It was about everything. Namor was was the obstacle. He was the specter. Maybe that's what he. Well, according to you, that's kind of where he plays best, though. As like this at times, as this other element added to a story. Yeah, but I I don't call that a Namor story. I call that Namor. I think the biggest problem with the depths is he didn't sleep with the the captain's wife. I think if he had done that, I'm pretty sure there was no. I'm pretty sure there's no women on that ship. No, he goes up on land, finds her, (laughs) and then does his business. You know, his dirty business, his dirty fish business. And then, like, the captain comes home. It's like, why is my bed covered in seawater? And she's like... (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so that was Aquaman. So the next one... (laughs) That is the best kind of mermaid. (laughs) The next one is Red She-Hulk, Y1, Hell Hath No Fury. It's written by Jeff Parker with artwork by uh, Pecky Lan and uh, Wellington Obbs. Our elves. I have to say, in the offset, very uneven art by Pecky Lan. I have seen much better stuff from him in the past. Okay. So, this (laughs) took over from the previous uh, Red Red Hulk book. uh, Red She-Hulk book? 
there was a Red Hulk book. Yeah. And, uh, and featuring all Red Hulks. And then they yeah. decided to take off okay. him and just make it Red She Hulk instead. It is unfortunately just been announced that it's been canceled. Unfortunately, uh, I'm not surprised. Anyway, a um, what are we calling so, her? She's not Rolky. Shrok. She Rolky. She Rolky. She Rolk. She Rolk. She Rolk. Now, Paul, won't you walk us through this one? Come on. Oh, let me please. <laughs> please <laughs> don't hurt my. Why would you let Paul walk through? You can see his eyebrows. Oh, I know, but he's he usually is is one of the better people on at least walking us through the story. He's going to be so sarcastic. Of course he is. Oh Shame my god. My lit major. I All right. Can't walk so story. yeah, that's not he, here's here's where I start. Hey, no, no, no. You already gave it to him. You can. I'm taking it back. Give her saga. Yeah, you yeah. can do saga. I don't want to do saga. Well, Nate, would you like to walk us through Red Shield? It might be more even than what he's going to give us. <laughs> it would no, be I more wanna, even. I want to hear this. All right. Well, it's, we're all working. He'll get, he'll we're get building up. <laughs> we're building up to one hell of a blowout. So okay, so there are three I stories Paul here. Paul hates things. It's great. It's not meant to be three stories, but there are three stories. Okay. There's She-Hulk fighting the military. Okay. There's... She-Hulk and Aaron Stack's wild adventure. Which I liked. And then there's Nikolai Tesla saves the day. <laughs> yes. Which I, I mean, uh, you guys haven't read S.H.I.E.L.D. Architects of Forever. No, but I have an idea of what it is. Okay. Because it, it definitely yes. plays into that. <laughs> yes. A little bit. Well, no, it's better than this. It's much better than this. but It, it would have to be. Well, it's but, more heady. It's more larger concept because it's a Hickman and, and Hickman also takes from that with his uh, Wheels Within Wheels storyline for um, yeah. Secret uh, There's Warriors a lot of things well. that happen in S.H.I.E.L.D. Architects of Forever that uh, he's later used in either Secret Warriors or then Parker's so, used here or another so let's, let's ask the readership here which of those three storylines did you think had the most viability do you like that She-Hulk is waging a one woman war against the military Just the I don't program. care I don't care Personally. That was the only arc in there that would make sense for her character. To okay, do. I kind of like that. Yeah, you like that? I did. Okay, I don't. What about Emma? I don't like any of it. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't care for it. Do you but care? It's the only one that made sense. Do you like Aaron's and and Betty's wild adventure, running from the authorities and getting to know no, each other and romping? It became X fifty one book. Not an X fifty one book. And I like X fifty one better, so I'm okay with that. Love okay. that. And <laughs> uh, this, uh, the current arc is more more of their road trip. Okay, and then for the final storyline of basically. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy The Earth is really a computer A giant computer used to calculate the secrets of the universe That's Hitchhiker's Guide Who, who cares for, for that Tesla stuff? I like him as the night machine uh, Paul's shaking his head for those who can't see him And Amber really, I don't care about any of it Okay, Amber's <laughs> checked out Amber, I, you, can, you can have a nap now This is really the only book that, that it was a struggle to get through It took me oh, three days to read was, these five issues Nathan <laughs> handed it to me And I'm like, oh, why is it so small? It'll take no time And I was like, oh my gosh It's horrible I find I, it interesting that uh, Marvel is quite obsessed in the last few years With robotic cyborg super soldiers Killing everyone in the future So you've got Age Does of Ultron Marvel know something we don't know? Well, it's, it's terminated, so. right? So you've got Age of Ultron, which is like, oh no, the robots are going to rule everything. And then you've got um, Death, Deathlock Nation from Uncanny X-Force Volume 2, mm-hmm. which is all about, oh, no, the in the future, they're all Deathlocks, and the Deathlocks take over all of the, hu- of the heroes and then ru- ruin the world. And then there's also uh, Weapon X, Future Dies, The Future Dies Today? Is that what it's called? Future Dies Tomorrow? Whatever. Another Deathlock storyline about how the future has to be, you know, because the cyborgs. And then you've got She-Hulk, Red She-Hulk, who also can see a future through the giant world computer that's telling her that super cyborg enhanced humans are going to take over the world and destroy it. I'm done with it. They cannot keep using this Mm. threat. 
over and over and over again and make us care because we know it's not going to happen because if anyone was going to do it Ultron was going to be able to do it and he's, he's going to lose mm. so that's not a threat I don't care about that um, the Tesla I mean fine um, I know they're trying to tie it into the Shield miniseries it's kind of a hoot to see Tesla in a, in a, in a robot body mm-hmm. but overall I feel like he I feel like Parker read that story read the Shield thing and said I, I think Hickman's a really good writer and he has some really cool heady ideas and I want to be like Hickman Parker's not like Hickman. No, he's not. But I, I think he, he called a little bit, a little piece that he could use from Hickman's ideas. And it doesn't, unfortunately, I think he, he could have uh, maybe uh, explained it a little bit better. He doesn't offer any new insights or any imagination to it. Mm. He just spends all this time with this little girl and Shulky's sword as the nexus gate to Stupid. the little girl. And like, let's go back to the little girl's house and then we'll talk to the little girl, and then we'll leave the little girl again, and we got to get back to her house again to talk to her. And then the house is exploded, the and place. nobody cares. Yeah, it's hard. And then there's this thing that Amber was mentioning, like, how smart, how together is she when she's hulked up in red? Yeah, they're inconsistent when they write her dialogue, because sometimes they write, like, high-end vocabulary for her, mm-hmm. and sometimes she's like, you know, where was it? It was right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. There's certain parts, well, obviously, when the more... Hulked up, she gets the less. No, obviously, she when gets. she's like monster, monster, she's no good. But yeah, but like regular She-Hulk, she's just kind of like she's more aggressive and she's more yeah. of what Jennifer is. But she's smart, right? Yeah, except when she's savaged out. Um, and there's but some she's lines just like she says, like I bring the beating to you. <laughs> yeah, and, just, and then I'm like, I guess that could be just a smack talk. Yeah. No, my like, favorite or I lines. I bring the beating to you. I don't know. <laughs> my what favorite the lines was, but... are when they have her telling her story about how she goes globe trotting, and she goes to a place um, a called the Forbidden land. Forest, yeah. and alone, no one's around. There aren't even an animals that she's killing. She's killing a planet, and you picture this: they put She-Hulk in a cartoon, and she's killing plants, and she says, "Yes, come on, I've got some for for everybody." She's killing plants. <laughs> Oh, good. I thought it was smooth sailing from here as an alligator attacks us. Lucky for you, I love animals. I'm not breaking out the blade. This place is even better than legends say! Exclamation point. Who's she talking to? (laughs) What? I don't understand. These comments make her sound like a complete moron. Mm. These would have been excellent silent panels. Maybe silent. Yeah, sure. But she shouldn't be exclaiming this. Hulks aren't typically chatty chatties. Yeah. Wow. And then and then it cuts right, Jennifer, yeah. and then she finds yeah, this like this Jennifer. ancient okay. pyramid, burns, yeah. and all of a sudden she's like saying stupid things again. Aha! I should have been an archaeologist, and then yeah. all of a sudden she's in the right mind to now access this place, go down into it, and start trying to fool around with it. So she's not an idiot. She just mm. says idiotic things all the time. Mm. It doesn't make me think cool things about this Red Shield. I don't really want to read her adventures and see how cool she is when she yeah. just sounds like an idiot all the time. Mm. Aha! I should have been an archaeologist! Exclamation point! Who are you talking to? And they were really trying to drive home all the time with her as well that, like, she's a Hulk, but she's, like, she's, like, a helpful Hulk, guys. Like, she smashed this bridge like a monster, but then she fixed it because she's helpful. And then she she killed this guy like a monster, but then she felt bad about it because she's helpful. Yeah, that, I'm like, that, <laughs> that healing thing really misses the point, right? Because the, the, the next... Issue goes, Red He She Hulk on the run for murder. 
And then they just don't do anything with that. Like, she's kind of a murderer, but no one really seems to care. They're more worried about losing their budget funding, mm. you know, for their program. Yeah. And she's not on the run from early anybody. The Avengers don't even say, like, you're a murderer. We're bringing you in. They're just kind of like, now, now, Jennifer. You get out of that rocket Maybe pack. Betty. Or, uh, Betty. Betty, sorry. Yeah. Um, now, there was one moment where I felt there was actually some attempt to make a characterization of Betty. And okay. make her kind of more human. Which I did appreciate. It's after she super hulks out. Yeah, and she, she starts breathing the trees. Yeah, and she's like, no, no, no. And she's freaking out because this is like her worst nightmare. Mm. And Aaron comes and talks to her. And then she kicks water at him. Which I thought was kind of cool. He's a robot. He doesn't care. But that was very just like, she's like, oh. She kicks the water at him. He's like, look, I think you're scared. And all of a sudden, she kind of breaks down into actually being human for a minute. Mm. And she there's these cute little panels where she's like holding her head. And she curls up on the log. And she's kind of curled up on, uh, in, you know, in her in her knees. And she, you know, pulls her hair up over her eye and kind of looks up the side at Aaron in, in an attempt to be, like, emotional for a minute mm. and be a human and go, like, I'm really upset. Here's why this upsets me. Um, my ex-husband was doing this all the time. I never wanted this to happen with me. I know Hulks are a problem. My, my dad's been trying to kill Hulks ever since, you know, he was a general. I don't want to be like this and now it's happened to me. And there are these a nice somber moment between the two characters where he's trying to console her and, and, and she shows some sort of tenderness or some sort of uh, vulnerability other than that it's just globe trotting running around kicking things in and i didn't feel there was soul to the book is that fair um a little i i it is for me it felt like a nice popcorn book like mm. i i didn't have to think about it it's no you didn't <laughs> uh it was just i i just found it was it was fun it was to me it was like mcdonald's it wasn't necessarily good for me but i still enjoyed it her boobs were out almost all the time. Is that yeah, what you're talking about? Yeah, they were just like boob panels. There's a booby panel. <laughs> no, but there's a panel in no, here that's just entirely boobs. In fairness, it's just cut do you not think that Jennifer usually has a lot of boob? But not Jennifer. Jennifer's not. When she's yeah, a human, Jennifer's she's not. And down, Betty honest, is not this busty. So did Je- did Betty go out yeah, and get a boob job? Like, I'm pretty sure the Hulk... Uh, Betty running on the beach I with her top on zipped. And like, I think she's got Hulk boobs in regular body now. I agree. that They've definitely they brought her up, back right? and gave her a boob job. They're like, we're doing it. Well, I guess because Jennifer her Walters, dad really wanted her back and thought, well, I'll give you a gift. Jennifer Walters, <laughs> I love it, especially in the She-Hulk um, uh, regular series, as it was. By Dan Slott? By well, Slott. I love that when she when she was when she was drawn she was mousy and small and slight and then it was all the more powerful or potent when she kind of hulks out and mm. you can see why she's ripping her her mini skirt or her her power suit yeah. you can see why she does that because she's becoming a different person this is like she's built the same actually she gets a little more muscly but like in terms of her shape and her huge boobs the thing I actually found really frustrating about this book was the portrayal everything. yeah everything <laughs> but the portrayal of the Avengers as an ignorant foil. Like, they, they don't know what's going too. on. They can't really do anything. Like, this is Captain and America these are Avengers. and yeah. Captain Marvel. Chasing a girl in yeah. a rocket pack, and they completely... And they can't do it. Bad. And I was so frustrated by that, because I'm like, these are awesome heroes who, like, know what's up with the universe, and they can, they can do what they need to do, and Captain America is being manipulated by some dude going, like, thanks for coming by, Cap. I know you'd really help your country if you told us her real name. And Cap's like, hmm. I mean, I yeah. guess I got Cap to. is and an like, idiot in this. terrible portrayal <laughs> terrible. of Cap. It's, it's horrendous. That's not how I want to see Cap. And, like, 
That's not how I want to see Captain Marvel. That's not how I want to see Thor. I want to see a Thor She-Hulk fight. I don't want to be like, yay, verily, she broke this bridge. Now we can't do anything. <laughs> verily, she broke this bridge. And then they're trying to fix it, and then she on her own she grabs the buttress and holds it together. So and they, they couldn't do that? Like, and Iron they, Man couldn't use his tactical targeting to figure out where, like, the weak point was? And, 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 Thor and, and not only it, could they not I do know. it, they didn't notice that she was doing it. Yeah, she's it. right in front of them, like, too. Like, Aaron's watching the whole time, not saving anybody. No, <laughs> they're like, good job, team. And it's funny. Too because in the new Marvel universe, um, Captain Marvel is like this, she's she's a new hero now. She's got new confidence. She knows who she is. She's her own competent kind of like stellar hero. And she's in this fight and she does nothing. Kind of makes her seem like an idiot. Yeah. Why would I want to read her book? Uh, well, she's not that confident in her own book at all. She's well, awesome in therapist. the first arc that I read, yes. that's what she not is. anymore. Okay, well, that's sad to hear. No, a lot of things are happening in that book. Well, I'll have to pick up the second volume anyway. It's not good. Well, I don't know. You didn't care for the first volume so much either, and I really liked it. I, I, I liked the ideas in the... Well, it's off topic, but I, I think the artwork is what really made me not care as much about mm. the first arc of Captain Marvel. I like some of the story ideas and the flight ideas. Yeah, it's really lot, nice. Uh, which are carried over a little in the next volume because of the lack of flight. But I want to hear Paul tear it up now. Okay. <laughs> we say we've got it all for you here, Paul. God, what a big mess! The fact that you like this at all blows me away. You like I always tease you. You like garbage. This is the epitome of freaking garbage. I had to force myself to read this, and the real kick in the ball when, when, you, when you read this book. Jesus. The real kick in the ball is sixty-two here. You start off, she falls in this trap door, and this big rancor dog is down there <laughs> to eat her. Right? No problem. I'll just, I'll just, you know, she hook out and take it out, and talking to this computer illusionist dude, whatever this stupid freaking name is. I don't care. And then the underground roller coaster of fun. <laughs> and where does it take me? To Michael Bay's Transformers <laughs> Two storage area. There's Bumblebee and the Seekers and RC side. Like, they're all there, and, he, and he's like, and you could use these, like yeah. what? And yeah, then you, you, and she doesn't either. either. There's like F-15s in there, in there and she's like, I'm gonna F-15. take this car on a, underground, on a... like, and they're just going to a diner and they're chilling out. And the Why not take the F-15 up? across the country yeah. to get there before they blow that little girl's house up? Because they wanted a road trip with Aaron Stack. That's why. Unbelievably stupid, and like oh, the sphere eats her sword. I want my stupid sword back. Yeah, I don't know what the point of that who. was. Like, oh, where's the scene? Like, they, they bust into the, the, the these super soldiers are training, right? And there's this one panel where it looks like this one girl is getting sliced into pieces. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> 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 training seminar. <laughs> what is happening here? Are you kidding me? That's her power. Right? It's very useful. To, <laughs> <break into laughs> to like be segmented into right. The... Like, I, I just don't understand. You want to read something fun? Read Savage Wolverine. You want chicks and tits and something fun and grounded? Like, here's Wolverine, Savage Land, doing shit have over you, there. Have you finished that? Yes. Well, I have the latest issue. Issue 5 is plans. garbage. doesn't matter. Better than this absolute drivel. <laughs> okay, let's take that away from you before he rips it. Let's take this away from it's you. I'm scared you're going like, to wipe your ass with it. The fact that you said, like, it's McDonald's and it's popcorn and it's just a romp, and yet he's trying to bring in high science fiction. Exactly. There's like, no place in this book. Yeah. The yeah, world is a computer that, and it's high yeah. si- and it's amazing. Well, that's why I said there are three stories and they don't really inter- it, they don't blend. And then it's something that if you think about it, it just gets worse the more you think. So they don't want you to think, but they mm. want you to think. And th- but then they want. Bad. But what if the world was a giant computer? And you're like, see, now you're trying to bring in heavy stuff, and I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Now, uh, which one of you said it was either Paul or Amber that was saying that it's the Aaron Stack story? Who said that? I think it was Paul mentioned yeah. that. It yeah, more about it, it really is the case because he narrates the whole exactly. Her, she's not even the narrator of She-Hulk, 
Red Shield doesn't get to eat. I don't know what's in her brain. Yeah, Yeah, it's Aaron's book. I preferred that she wasn't necessarily the one that we had. But what you do when you do something like that is, is you make an intimate relationship with the reader with the narrator, Mm -hmm. and the narrator is Aaron Stack, and you and you make her a distant kind of concern. She is the one being observed. But we're you're not in her head. We're meant to kind of wonder what she's doing and why she's doing it, and we're we're discovering with Aaron. What what are her complex? Who knows this guy? Who cares about this little robot dude? Next wave. He's been it's he's amazing. been here and there in a different place. Yes, but since then, what's he done? He, he actually has <laughs> made variety of appearances. It, it, it's problematic. Okay, but who this knows? Is, this book knows? is well. People, a lot people in the industry know the next wave, and so the people I'm have in the used industry. yes, allegedly. And people <laughs> then people then use Machine Man because they liked what they saw in next wave. So there ha- he's been shown up in multiple places in like the previous Miss Marvel incarnation. No, my concern is who there. knows who Aaron Stock is. That doesn't matter. The concern is. If it's her book, I really want to know about her. And, and if you don't want mind. to give her narrative in her mind to show to reveal her mind, then just don't do a narrative. Mm. But you can get away with like not revealing the whole shmegegi to someone yeah. by just giving her little narrative boxes and saying, "This is how I'm feeling. This is what I want." Like that scene where she kills a man. Mm-hmm. Nothing from her. We don't get anything from her. We don't really get a sense of what she's feeling. Mm-hmm. There's no resolution in the story. Like there's no consequences. There's, yeah. just, there's just nothing. There's no force. There's no feeling for this character because I don't know anything about her. And you're like, well, we don't know what her her intentions are. Who cares? Her intentions are shallow. I want to stop this secret organization because I saw in a vision through a little autistic girl that the cyborgs were coming. That's not heady. That's mm-hmm. not a murder mystery. That's not something we need to have this carrot in front of us to kind of bring us along through the book. Mm-hmm. Let me know who Betty is now. I don't know who Betty is. The, the most you get to see of actually Betty Banner is just she... before she dies and in Hulk Gray. Other than that, she's just a female archetype for Banner. Yeah, you know? as if you read that. My only knowledge of Betty Ross is she's the daughter of Thunderbolt and she's a Bruce Banner. That's all she I know. She doesn't really period. have a personality. But the and, they, and they try to do it in the in Bruce Jones's Hulk run by making her like some weird super spy, but even that wasn't very good. No. Um, and and now she's like my ex husband. Like, why is she ex uh, wife ex husband? Is that the only reason why? Uh, like, doesn't she love Bruce still? Like, is that gone completely? In fairness, I can't. The, the last okay. Now I'm. Uh, Tom would be a better judge of this because I think at the end of Greg Pak's run, they definitely had a, a few moments where the two Hulks were to, green and red were together, uh-huh. and then after that, Hulk did his own thing because uh, I guess what uh, Sylvester is writing it. I can't remember. Anyways, and so I think ever since then we haven't seen the two of them together. Yeah, I don't feel that's a satisfactory resolution. And I feel like if you're writing a book called She-Hulk and you're Betty Ross Banner, I would really like to see some more consideration given to that relationship than just an offhand mention that he's my ex-husband. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want them to have to have to just define her based on the fact that she's Red Hulk's daughter and no, she's Hulk's but her death wife. defined Bruce for a very long time and it, it defined a large portion of the Marvel Universe and I would like there to be some consideration given to that because if it's just a throwaway like oh I came back to life and we don't really care to see each other anymore what about like the absolute in love with her that he was and like yeah. she was the metronome in his life that would bring him back to balance he used to see her uh, like when he was trying to calm himself down. I think the reason there is that this is well, this is going to sound stupid, but this is Marvel now, not Marvel then. They're trying no, 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 no. It's not a it's, reboot. We know that there's a Marvel past. Yes, but they're trying to look towards but, the but future. But you know what? If you're going to do that anyway and look towards the future, no. what's more grounding to human beings to read a story about another human being than for that human being to be in love? Or to have been in love? Mm. Or to have been in a relationship that went bad? Something more I think it would concrete. Bring up, bring up elements that they didn't want to 
they don't want to. They don't yeah. want to no, deal with their relationship. Because, because they because yeah. they had to bring the rancor in, and they had to bring the little girl in, and they had to bring in the time traveling, and they bring the robot robot buddy. Like that. But, that's. Great I feel voice. like it was just it would derail its own narrative by having to spend time explaining the by making by making her human. Well, it, no, it I don't think it's about making like, her human. Yeah. I think, the, 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 they're not together it's not about anymore. the Hulk. Why does it have to be? Why does because he have to be there? Because they were in love with each other. And they were a married couple. You don't just walk away from that and just don't talk about in it. In comic books, you do. Well, maybe they should. Maybe they should try to make it a little more human. Maybe well, and the there devil was a little... took their marriage. That's true. Then explain that. <laughs> well, Greg Park did. Now, again, this is my relative limitation with the character because I I stopped reading Hulk for a little while. So I believe Greg Park did reference this and discuss this when he revealed that Red She Hulk was Betty to begin with. So it's not like this hasn't been covered elsewhere. It's just they're trying to kind of do a fresh but it start. It's not like it was really handled very well. Why? Just because I don't know it? I wasn't reading the book at no, the time. No, just because of your description, I, I assume that you had read it. I haven't really read it. Because I, I stopped reading. After World War Hulk, I kind of walked away from Hulk for a while. With with Jeff Loeb writing it, well, there wasn't a lot of reasons for me to want to get on. And and Pac really hasn't been the, 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 the writer that I really enjoyed since World War Hulk. Like, I, a lot of things that he wrote after that, I didn't really, I wasn't really feeling it. So, in, I... From not having even read what Pack was writing for Red She-Hulk, I, I, I feel like it probably wasn't what I'm hoping for, if that makes any sense. I don't know. You'd have to ask Tom. Yeah, Tom would be the one. Tom would be our Hulk man. Yeah. He could tell you. Either way, I mean, even if she's not dealing with Banner, I, again, it just would have been nice to see her dealing with more human anything. And mm-hmm. to be fair, the X-51 I like friendship the, is something. Well, but. and I like I like the relationship with them. I also like that, you know, the first... I, I like that she was going after the super soldiers and b- before we got the actual reason for why she was doing it but I thought it kind of made sense for her character based on like her background of you know in the scientific community and seeing what happened to because Banner. I've seen what happens when you screw with people and I know what happens when, when no it's true right her whole mm-hmm. world has been like my dad's been obsessed and mm-hmm. using science technology to kill my husband yeah. and I've seen them screwing around super soldier serums before and I've seen the abomination and I've had the, the leader try to kill she me she has every reason to not to want yeah. to disrupt that so, from being and now developed. look what this made me into yes it's been liberating for me but at the same time I'm worried every second that I'm going to hulk out and kill somebody which, which she does, does. So, but that part of the story makes sense when she trying to go over take out that program that worked and keeping that same vein you didn't have to go to these other is it once places. they added the, the kid and the future and the world like kind of absolutely like, that's Aaron Stack is too absolutely. much so, it could have just been a kid with mutant powers that saw the future yeah. I didn't need the world machine I just, they, there could have been like a simpler explanation okay. yeah that's true so to go back with Paul so let's say the so the first issue they didn't lose you yet so you were like no what, the, the start was what was know, the moment when they lost you I told you when it lost me. The roller coaster ride. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so there were a few issues that. Why didn't you enjoy that in there? It makes no sense. Like, draw something cool and travel because, underground. Because in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, when they go <laughs> and they see the in, the planet being made, they actually go on their own roller coaster. So it's clear that it's, they were right, being so channeled. It, it went down routes that you didn't appreciate and didn't care for, but it no, started yeah. somewhere that you did at least enjoy. Well, what about the Avengers fight, though? Did it still have you there? No, because we talked, they were boobs. Yeah. Right? It's out of character. Yeah. You know, not written well, not... This feels like Avengers. super deja vu to me right now. I feel like we've had this conversation about... What were we talking about last time? Because it must have been something similar. Was a, well, he was hating on. You didn't like Batman last time. No, no, no. It was the four of us together talking about something. Oh. Yeah, we had this conversation about why are they portraying the Avengers incompetently. I don't remember what I have no idea what we were discussing. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. But I, don't, I just have one question about Hulks. Sure. Is there a sexy middle version of Hulk men? Because <laughs> mm. these Hulk women have, like, regular... And then they have a sexy middle version, and then they have crazy Hulk out. But yeah. the men only seem to have regular and crazy Hulk out. Um. Well, I mean, the, the, the Gray Hulk was 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 not as big. Yeah, he was also like a mobster kind of guy, so he had ladies. 
And then you have Bruce Banner Hulk, right? So yeah. Banner Hulk was like he, he had a square like jaw. He's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but yeah, but green. Okay. Yeah. So that would be like the middle version. Yeah, yeah because he, he wasn't was a wife beater. Yeah, because he, was he wasn't super oh, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to establish 90s. my Hulk rules. I guess like, it depends on what you consider like, sexy. She's afraid of being super Hulked out all the time, but she seems pretty okay with being medium Hulked right. out. All the time. Yeah, well, because she's That's still in control Jennifer. for faculties. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. You could say the same thing about you know the Professor Hulk or the the Gray because they're closer to. Being regular, they're not mindless. They're not, you know, raging beasts. Is there anything in Hulk lore? Hulk lore that okay. that suggests why the women are better at doing this than the men? Um, like Bruce can either seem to do one or the other. I think part of that was just because he, no, I, I don't know for sure, and I'm just guessing based on what I, I kind of half recall. I think with with Jennifer, it was because she she didn't have the full radiated blast. She just got the transfusion. So I think okay. that was part of what was. And supposed... Betty was just like Betty. I have no idea hat. because well, Betty, yeah. I didn't really. I wasn't reading the book at the time, so I, I don't I know how of, she became Red Hulk. I kind of like the idea that everyone who was present at like Ground Zero was affected somehow by the blast. Even, like Rick is. Yeah, and... I kind yeah. of actually. At first, when Bud was writing that stuff, I was like, "This is I mean, it's still some of the worst things I've ever read." <laughs> um, but it, that idea, I like that there's been something hidden in the Marvel universe for so long, and it just took the leader to kind of un, un, unleash it with Gamma and Cosmic Rays. Mm-hmm. It's kind of neat. No, it is. It's um, an interesting concept. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why everyone was around? But yeah. what about like all the orderlies and people who brought like the sandwiches in for that day? Like, did they get hulked out too? So like, it'd be really cool to see like the Gold Hulk, and it's like, who are you? I was the caterer that day, and like, <laughs> and, like the, the I and the, the janitor Hulk. Like that. Like, why were those well, guys? It's to to some degree. I mean, it's also they've been close enough. Like they might have had a latent reaction, but also they're close enough to to Bruce the Hulk. Yeah. So they kind of. So I think there's a little bit of bleed over maybe. from that. I mean, it, I'd say Betty have... was pretty close to the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I'm pretty sure she had sex with Grey Hulk once, didn't she? Well, or no, I don't. It doesn't matter. She she had sex well, with she her husband. Had sex with Green She's Hulk been injected sure. with Hulk we got, DNA. Yeah, I'm ask I know. The again. He was worried about someone getting his blood. She was full of his sperm. <laughs> But why I, did but why did Rick get changed so easily too? That's the real question. Uh, that's not right. It's like all the, all the people I was closest to, like Betty. They're like everyone's like gotcha, okay. And my dog, like okay, I guess he pet his dog a lot. And my buddy Rick, what? And my father-in-law, like they're all the people that I've touched the most. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> well, well, isn't there uh, on superdickery.com Isn't there a thing with Batman and Robin where everyone's like yeah, yeah. wondering about like their loved ones? Is yeah, and, and his like, is like, oh Robin, my god, what have I done? Yeah, what have I done to him? And we're like, yeah, what have you done to him? <laughs> yeah, because one's like for Sue Didney or something. Yeah, like it's yeah. all for their loved ones. Yeah, like, oh, Carol, dies, all this. Like, Carol, oh no, yeah. like, oh Lois, and it's like, isn't, oh, that, isn't that like fake though? Didn't someone do that for that's fun? Like, no, that's a legit comic. Okay. Comic cover. It's a boner. I feel. <laughs> yeah. might say. Now the boner ones are funny. I knew you had those. Those are good. Yeah, those are. Uh, I guess we should rank it out of. Okay. Out of, well, out of, out of, out of how many roller coaster out rides echelons. out of ten? <laughs> would you give it how many gamma bombs? So Nate, you start us off. Yeah, because of its fractured nature, I don't know. And the one, only the one really good scene I liked, where Betty was kind of just a human for a mm-hmm. minute. I'd say maybe a four. Well, okay. And would you would you read the next volume or definitely? Not? I don't care. Okay. Ever? I know you didn't care for it. You've said it multiple times. The. <laughs> the is not a not a rating. Make. I give it one. One. Yes, I was. It was just 
It was a chore. I didn't like the art. It was a chore to read. I didn't like the art. I like Pagulan and I think some of his worst stuff. Suit. I didn't like the Incompetent Avengers. I didn't think the Echelons were an original idea. There's oh, they're not an original idea. But or compelling. Or compelling. <laughs> and they, well, I, they're they're an obstacle, and I was and okay I also, with that. I hate an obstacle. Also, a rock in the way is an obstacle, but I hate stories about let's prevent this future from happening. But you know what I mean? It's well, how, how, how have you ever read X Men comics then? Because they're all that. Only so the Bishop and Cable storyline, and then the Days of Future Past storyline, <laughs> and then all the Exiles ones. But come on, <laughs> but they actually go into those future lines, and they like live not in often. Them. I know, but like well, the Madrox and the, right the yeah, Madrox storyline, Layla Miller too. Layla Miller was an interesting. That was a good one, though. I love Layla because she knows what's up. But this is just like I'm fumbling blindly to try and stop the future, and it's still the same. That happens all the time. Everyone does this, though. One roller coaster ride. Uh, no gamma bombs. <laughs> no gamma bombs. I want to change mine to four roller coaster rides. I don't want to do four gamma bombs. I also want to do four. You know, I enjoyed this roller coaster ride. I just, you are in glue. I, I don't. Please I, give it an eight. Please do it. I dare you. Uh, I'm pretty sure I already did. How do you like this? I don't. I still understand. I just I, when I when I read it the first time again, I had low expectations, and uh, so did I. And it didn't even hit that. I was excited because, well, maybe that's why it, it hurt so much, because I love regular She-Hulk. I, I love this. And I missed it, and I was like, yeah, more She-Hulk-y I stuff. I love the drawing on the I back, love... too, because this battle between, like, Thor and Captain happen. Marvel. I know. I thought this was going to happen in the book, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I, I want to see more about Carol Danvers and her new identity, and, like, man, what could You're she really Carol take Danvers. on? Um, the yeah. new one, yeah. Actually, you know what? Ever since she tried to become like the best hero Ever in the world House of M. after yeah. House of M, yeah. I've been on board with her. Yeah, and, I, and I was first really introduced to her with the Iron Man stuff, with uh, her drinking problem, and I was kind of like, yeah. And then Live a Career Die, I'm like, oh, this is maybe kind of compelling. And then she got a cool new little suit during uh, Red Dust Red and Zone. everything, Red yeah. Zone. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of a cute little Quite Belt drawing. Maybe she'll do something new. And she's never really done anything new until her, her miniseries or her, her actual agree. regular series. Um, she's come a long re- way since re- she got uh, re- raped. That, didn't he? She's come a long way since she got raped Dela- by her son. Yeah, no. Dela- Dela- it was Delatora and, and um, sorry, sorry, raped by oh, someone and then gave birth to her. It was rapist. Brian Reed and Delatora, yeah. wasn't it for her miniseries? Not Delatora, was it? Yeah, Delatora did the first. He did the first arc for sure. Uh, but it was Brian Reed. Is the art. It was definitely okay. Brian Reed. Yeah. That's the one I liked. Um, and now in her new series with Marvel Now, I like this first six issues. So uh, to see her in a cool fighting situation, when yeah. you never know if she's going to bring in her cool armored kind of uh, armor, helmet. Armor face. Yeah, I like that. No, uh, she has come a long way since she, yeah, she was raped by her own son. <laughs> Scarlet Centurion. Did it, I got... Marcus. Just, yeah. I kind of got the impression she hated Bruce, because I was just thinking about the Avengers fight, and they were incompetent, and then there was like the security system. There's only one person who could design something to stop Hulks. Mm. Bruce. Oh, Bruce. Wait, have we Sorry. resolved the yeah, rankings? Yeah, yeah. Keep ranking. I feel like you're just daring me to say eight, but... Do uh, it and get it over with. Um, Yeah, I give it an eight. What? Okay, Paul gets eight hits on your arm. God. Why? Oh. One, two, three, four. This is weird. Done. <laughs> that really happened. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm confused. It's got hit eight times. You know what? I don't care. I enjoyed Fine. it. I, I had fun with it. I I really liked the Aaron Stack stuff. That was a huge okay. thing for me. I really enjoyed having Machine Man in there. Um, because as much as like next wave was fun, but everyone else tried to do a next wave on Machine Man couldn't couldn't get it right. Like Ellis did it right, and there have been a bunch of other times when other writers have tried to write them that way, and they just missed the mark. They they shouldn't try. I don't know why you well, bother doing the next wave style. Well, and they keep doing without it without being Ellis. Well, because that's the way he was in the Marvel universe now. But <laughs> the problem is they kept trying to do that, and it wasn't working. No, no, so no, this no. is a re- return to. Uh, I really liked back when it first happened. Now I kind of. I can't believe I enjoyed it, but I used Universe to enjoy. Universe X. 
Earth-X. Yeah, that's garbage. And Earth-X is a lot of talking, not a lot of happening. But at the time, I loved it. And, I liked Earth-X. I hated Alex Ross, but I liked Earth-X. Well, he was not he the was not the artist. He I know. was just, just like the, the creator of talent. So, I know, he was like... That's where I first kind of fell in love with X. That's where I first really fell in love with X51. Because he was Uatu. He was Uatu there, yeah. So I really liked X51. And this kind of felt more, a little bit like that version of Machine. Like he was less Machine Man, more X51. Like but he, he felt more But he was Uatu there. in this too. Because he like saw everything and commented bit. on it. He's and like, I, okay I watched and noted as she <laughs> did up her boot first left, then right. Yeah, but he thinks himself, so, oh, I'm better than Vision and Ultron. But the other. I know, it was advanced. that. Well, no, he. That's the next way version. He's super cocky in X-Wave. Yeah, X-way, I'm right? the most advanced Android. Yeah. And yeah. I'm counting Vision in the yeah, which well, is no, complete bullcrap. I dug the crap out of him. I dug how he's written here. I liked having him him kind of have the road trip with Red Shield. I like the stuff with the with the machine Stupid. and okay. and trying to prevent the future. I I just let's, dug it. Let's it not fun. belabor it though. Let's, I, you know I'm just dying to hear Paul's. I, I thought this would have been a lot worse. I I didn't really read a lot of Red Hulk because I I wasn't quite a fan of where they're going with it. This was in a direction I didn't quite expect, and because it tied into something I really enjoyed, which was uh, Shield. It, it got a, a little extra favor for me because of that. I really enjoyed it, and I love the artwork, especially on Machine Man. I liked the coloring on Machine Man, how they really made him light up on the on the parts where they were more purple. Um, I really liked it, and I'm not ashamed of it. I don't care how many times you hit me. I'm not asking you to hit me more, but <laughs> I enjoyed it quite a lot. At least nobody punched a celestial body. Yes, I would not have. I would have would not have given it to everyone if I didn't at least enjoy it myself. If I had given you in something that I knew I hated and wanted everyone else to hate it, then I would be a horrible person. But I at least did enjoy it myself. I. It's too bad that no one else liked it and everyone won for and probably. We don't won. know. We don't know. What is it? I'm pretty sure it's a one. It's nothing. It's yeah. nothing. It's it had pretty cover art. That was this can't the be the worst thing you've ever read, though. It's one of them what by far. The have you read Image Comics like in the nineties? <laughs> <laughs> read Youngblood? Any of them? <laughs> Youngblood Strike File Number Two. No, there's some. I've read some best of this. Youngblood Gen Thirteen no. crossover. <laughs> it's a complete piece of Gosa. No, thank you. Uh, that makes me sad. All right. Next up is uh, from Image. We got Saga Volume One by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. Amber. Yeah, I love Brian K. Vaughn, so I was excited to read this. Um, This is the tale of a speculative fiction couple (laughs) Mm. from warring planets who have a baby and begin their family in the midst of battle. There are bounty hunters, (laughs) there are sex planets, there (laughs) is human trafficking, Mm -hmm. there there are sex robots, flying trees, robots having sex. There are there's an empire of sexy robots and a psychic cat. Love that cat. It's, there's Lion a cat. woman with no yeah. arms but a spider body, and she's in love. And there's ghost people who are bound to play. It's just and there's tits everywhere. Yeah, well, there's like one. Sh- I think it's like one shot. No, there's, no, there's a bunch. and she's like breastfeeding too. Yeah. Calm down, guys. Tons of tits. I'm just flipping through. I can't even. Are find you complaining about right too much weird alien tits? Yes, actually. Okay. It was a delightful, dark, mature book in the true sense of the word. That they wrote a mature book, and it wasn't because it was just like you know, violence and just sex. It was because it was thought out and it was it was designed in a way to make you think and think like this is a real developed world. And when I was reading it, I was like, this is cool. I love the art. I love the unusual characters. I love all the different twists and turns they've taken and all these high fantasy ideals they've inserted. And at the same time, I felt like without drawing weird things if they just drawn normal human people this would have mm. been a very mundane story okay 
Interesting. Because it's essentially... Do you think it really depends on Fiona Staples in a big way? I think it does. Because essentially oh, the plot great. is a Romeo and Juliet story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Romeo and Juliet after. Like if they didn't kill each other. Yeah. They killed themselves. If they hadn't died and they, they had, had a baby, baby instead. Yeah. 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 That's, it's like so a what if like, Romeo and Juliet. They're from warring factions. Yeah. They're in love. They're trying to make it. People are trying to hunt them down. There's like an evil empire that's in charge of things. Mm-hmm. And they could have done this. This could have been a very simple non-science fiction story. Like there's a local that has knowledge of the land that helps yeah. them out and saves them and gets them to safety. And it could have been very, very mundane. But because it's like such high concept mm-hmm. science fiction fantasy art, it becomes this whole other thing. And it's it's exquisite. It does feel right. very Star Warsian. In terms of like you know Star Warsian, that's right. Very Star Wars. I, I, su- I suppose in in the, in the sense that Star Wars takes science fiction and then throws fantasy in it, yeah. and then makes it speculative fiction because Star Wars really is fantasy. I mean, this idea of the Force is the magic, mm-hmm. and so this is, is lot, steeped in magic. Uh, well, and, uh, what you're saying, Amber, like a lot of like Star Wars, really. I mean, you could take the the Star Wars out of it. I mean, like, yeah, it, and it I mean, just essentially, it's a hero's journey. Like, well, it's the Hidden Fortress. It's if the you French ever, Revolution. Have you ever watched the Hidden Fortress by uh, Kurosawa? No. I mean, there's the two bumbling idiots. Uh, there's they have to find the legendary samurai. Two bumbling idiots. Who's that in Star Wars? Well, the two droids. Oh, it's, okay. In a big okay. way, yeah. you can see it. And, um, yeah, they're the jesters. They, they find, you know, the the samurai who has to save the princess. Like, there's very clear illusions. I mean, he said, in, Lucas has said in interviews, I mean, that he was very uh, influenced by this, and you can see it there. So, I mean, yeah, you could. It, that's why it makes me think of Star Wars also. One thing, you're flipping through, uh, one thing I really liked as an artistic choice was the use of uh, narration instead of just having the standard box having it almost be like it was someone wrote it yeah, written, it's, written it's in a, a diary yeah, yeah. yeah. it's actually written like a journal but they sometimes do that in like the big two are usually the ones who are more they'll have standard boxes maybe they'll change the font type but here it's actually it's it, it, it goes in and out and it's not always in a, a nice box it'll go around yeah panels. it's written in yeah. the panels or around people yeah so yeah. It's, it's a little bit more interesting sometimes you almost miss it because it's not and it, sometimes it's a different color it's it kind of blends into the background. I kind of like that because it's it gives it a more ethereal tone. It's it feels less clinical. Sometimes comic books are very like I'm reading narration now, and now I'm reading the you know. But the, all narration yeah. is for what we're led to believe is the, the baby's it's baby. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's her saga. She's telling her story. Yeah, yeah. Right. which kind of makes more sense why it's kind of all over the place. So now he knows she'll never die. Like, At least not my before biggest, the story ends. Yeah. Yeah. My biggest critique of it would actually be that I found the main protagonist the parents of the narrator mm-hmm. kind of boring okay like they were the least compelling characters to me like they were well they're coming up they're the they're the, you know, the Luke Skywalkers they're coming up against the world that's much more interesting well it's than also that. because the father's a pacifist like yeah. a bleeding heart liberal pacifist and mm-hmm. so what you want to see in a saga is him like protecting his family with his cool saber and but his you powers. know that he can but he won't do it, and that's and that might be frustrating to some people because they go, well, he's kind of bland because he doesn't do anything, he doesn't step up and act for his family. But you know, eventually he will. Um, it's a lot of waiting with him. I feel like for him to be the hero that you're hoping he'll be. Mm-hmm. It's hard when the hero keeps his sword sheathed and won't do it. That was kind of that anxiety you feel in Old Man Logan. You're like, I know you can do it. Just, just st- he can, you can stop him from punching you and beating you almost to death, Logan. Just pop those claws, and he's, mm-hmm. he won't do it. But they have like this moment, these moments when they're sitting there and they're like, "Oh, and they're new parents and they're tired." And I was like, Bleh. "But that's also because I, you know, not a new parent, I'm not a new parent." So I have no reference for that experience. So. As a new parent, Paul, do you feel any of that kind of parental stuff is at least authentic? 
Well... Like, the exhaustion they feel? Like, if you're running on the run with a baby... But here's a problem, right? Right off the stop, right, you get the, I'm shitting, I feel like I'm shitting, which exists because when... Because you do. You do, right? <laughs> and that's, you know, I get they're aliens at the same time, but... Are you trying to be realistic? Are you trying to be alien? I don't know where, where they're trying to do it. Because there's no freaking way, after just giving birth to a baby, you're immediately can have the ability to go on the run. Mm. Especially her. Mm-hmm. She, there's no freaking way, after just giving birth, getting her cord cut with a random pair of scissors off the shopkeeper's nice desk. Or, right. yeah. Unless you're half fairy or part fairy, right. then I guess you can so, do it. So, <laughs> I'm about to believe that. And all that weight's gone, she's able to just... She's mm-hmm. hot again. Run for it. <laughs> <laughs> that was like... I, I guess I have to that's, pretend yeah. that aliens, that's how it works, but... Yeah. You know, that seemed to me impossible. They should be completely wasted and exhausted, and she has to feed the baby and, and feed herself. What is she, how is she nourishing this child when she's on the run and, and eating random mm. berries in the woods before it takes off as a rocket? Like, I don't know what's... But do you at least appreciate the moments they do say where she's like, I'm tired, we need to rest kind of thing? It's not one of those, like, we're just on the run, on the run. Like, there are these moments where they're, they, they take to. time to sit together and rest often, yeah. and he's trying to, like, I need to do my part. What do I do as the new kind of father? And he's got that anxiety. Like, I don't know what to do. He feels very realistic as a new father. Yeah, because like, as I understand new fathers, they're kind of like, look, you're doing everything. You gave birth to the baby. Now you're feeding the baby. What can I do? How can I... I kind of like that. It's, um... I'm just watching the pages. It's been a little while since I've read it, but Mm -hmm. yeah, there's some weird, weird imagery in here. And to what Amber said, the idea behind good fantasy or science fiction is the relatable characters. And you can take the fantastical elements out... And now Amber's opinion is this would be bland if you took it out. My opinion is the characters are compelling without the fantastic elements. I really like the ghost girl. I think she's very charming. I think that that, that as her character is endearing to me. I really mm. like the liar cat. I think that he's awesome. I mean, if he wasn't a cat, if he was just someone who could call people on their lies, mm. that would still be... It's still kind of a cheeky thing to have with you. I think the Will is a very compelling character. He's, yeah. he's completely split dichotomy of this... Cruel bounty hunter. Character. Yeah, but he, he he definitely has a heart of gold somewhere because he will not let this twelve year old girl mm-hmm. be left in this brothel. Yeah. You know, like he will save her from that. And he's he so the, that is a compelling character. It doesn't matter that he's in a spaceship. Sometimes I mm-hmm. think he's a good character. Um, I really like the mom character. I think she's also really she's neat. Six. She's, she's really <laughs> six. Fine. Doesn't matter how old she is. It was wrong, right? Yeah. Um, these creepy people in this sex house too. It doesn't matter if they are aliens or if they're just just disturbed perverts. They're still people I hate. It's, mm-hmm. I hate them because of what they do, not because of what they look like. You know. Yeah. I think it doesn't need to be the. I, I like the fantastic elements. I like that they have a place where there's a forest that grows starships. I mean, there are such cool elements to this that makes it feel like I'm watching Willow sometimes because you never know what you're going to see in the next scene. It mm-hmm. felt a lot like actually um, Lex. There are some elements. Oh, yeah. 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 The, the, the dark, the dark it sci-fi. Like, yeah. It was, it was right. very Lex-like, and I loved Lex, so I, I like this. Doesn't shock me. And I think, I think this is also for people who don't read a lot of comics outside of the big two. It's kind of a nice place to go because it mm. is Ryan K. Vaughan, so it's a relatable writing style at least. Yeah. Because he does a lot of like great superhero stuff, and then it's it can sort of show you what else is out there. I was having a conversation with a girl at work today because I knew I was coming here to talk about Saga, and I'm like, would you read a non-superhero comic? And she's like, what, you mean like Calvin and Hobbes? Because <laughs> some people think that's the only yeah. other thing no, out there. Sadly, they do. So if you are, I'm, I'm sure not listening to a comic podcast thinking that's only DC and Marvel, but if you are only reading DC and Marvel, I think this is a good place to go to try and like, sample something different. Mm-hmm. But only if you're over 18, because this is not for kids. 
No, it's not. <laughs> um, I, I do like um, the guy with the TV head. Yeah, and I like that they, they have like these TV head robots that they show their emotions on their screen all yeah. the time. It's just they're a emoticons. Cool idea. Yeah. yeah, they're emoticons, yeah. I like them a lot. Um, it, obviously, there's some weird... I wonder sometimes, I mean, there is a lot of pseudo-gratuitous stuff there. Mm. Does it need to be? No, I thought it was too much. I don't think it needs to be. Either. Yeah, I can't I, agree with it that. Could, place it there. could be, I mean, yeah, I mean, some stuff, like, it's like, you know, the... Um, the multi-breasted woman. I mean, I guess it makes or sense. Or the robot sex scene. Or, or... Well, that one, uh, the one with the, the multi-breasted woman makes more sense to me than the robot sex scene. Yeah. That yeah. felt more like, this is weird. The, the lesbian angels on the sex planet. All <laughs> but like you know what? The robot sex scene almost works in a way because it is so it shows like... the mundanity of them. Well, like, there's that, and it's also like, what is going on here? Why would robots need to do this? Like, that is the real thing. They and have TV heads. What's up? Why yeah, but their bodies are... Like, he doesn't... Or he or she... Academy was trade. The first picture I flipped to is that. And I'm looking at like, what the... I'm pretty sure you wanted to hand it back to me, didn't you? Yeah. Like, what did I but there this? are no other moments where you see humans having sex or gratuitous sexual kind of things with no. humans. And I think that if that was their intent to show it because it was robots and that's why it's really strange, that's I'm okay with. Okay. Because I guess you're right. Because it's not as it's not as it's not exploitive. It's just weird. Like it's not like they're trying to titillate. Like, I think the dialogue yeah, is no, actually there's no titillation here at all. I think Fiona's drawing of it is is what's yeah, what's really kind of crazy. I think that uh, Brian's dialogue is actually unnecessary. Having her like you know basically doing dirty talk to him while he's doing it, like that doesn't need to be. But like right. just the visual, the visual is the shocking part. Everything else is kind of like no, shouldn't they be like speaking in emoticons to each yeah. other? That'd be kind of weird. I guess that's why we forgive it a little bit more because yeah, nothing in here is meant to be titillating. It's not supposed to be hot. But it's also... Like, a lot of comic books are really sexy women or sexy men. Yeah. And if there's nudity, they look great. Unless it's Supreme Power and it's a, like, creepy woman with, like, who's, like, dead. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the... the corpsified version of Princess Power. Yeah. Power I, Princess. I like that it, that it has that element to it because it is illustrating that it's mature media. Mm. And it's not something that's... Does it need to, you know, show that I, in a nice neon sign, though? Like... Uh, Paul opens it up and is like, "Whoa, okay." Yeah, but it's, <laughs> I'm not giving this to. Uh, I think I feel you can like, take it all the way. It'd still be it'd be fine. But hmm. I feel like if you took it all away, that's just it's just shying away from it because it's sex and because it could be salacious. And like I, I, like, I was raised in a household where my mom's like, "It's good for people to see sex because it's natural and it's beautiful." Violence is bad, but sex is okay. So maybe I'm like totally skewed by my upbringing. <laughs> You're more British, but um, or it European. Was, it was just like when when they intentionally like have an extra misty shower or mm. they have like you know just cut away the black like I, I guess if I, wa- I was watching it in a movie and it was like sex happening I'd be like cover it up but in a panel on a comic book I'm kind of like because it's a no, still it's okay. is that yeah, part of it? it's like it's a still it's not as and, and as you said it's not meant to be titillating it's not meant to 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 be hot and turn us on it's just meant to like what a weird thing that's happening yeah um, I also like how the magic system establishes rules. Um, I love when magic yeah, you has have a to cost. give something up. Yes, and so there's one scene where he goes, "This one, this is going to cost a secret." You know that, and it's not just like an mundane cost. It's not like, "Well, I'm going to put some shekels on the ground." <laughs> it's it's it, those are really cute ways of looking at like um, the, the 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 value of something. I mean, the idea that in a lot of magic or or, or fantasy um, systems, knowing the name of someone has value. Knowing their true name—that's the whole thing with Rumble Stillskin, right? 
names have power, and if you can find the true name of someone, you can use it to command them to do things. Mm. It's almost like they like have no control. Like in Sabanur. Okay, how's that like in Sabanur? Uh, and Subanor is a uh, no, apocalypse. That's, that's apocalypse. Oh. Yes. Sorry, but I was yes. very name? like Hellboy. I can't remember at this moment. Uh, okay. Something like that. Yeah, I was and very, con- I was very confused. <laughs> but I mean, it's neat because fantasy can I give us confused. currency <laughs> in other things, and, and secrets do have value in our in our world. We don't think of them that way. Um, so I enjoyed that. I also I love the lion cat. Now, can you do the sound you did for me? I asked you how that cat would sound if it was saying this. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Or, or even deeper, like lying. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. Um, and I love that cat scene cats. where the cat looks at this at the woman, the unicorn lady, and she goes, "I'm sorry. Did your animal just call me a liar?" <laughs> that is just a great reaction. It's a lion cat. It's a lion cat. I love that cat. I would love to have a lion cat. I love that relationship. You know, and some of these sequences uh, also, I mentioned Hitchhiker's Guide before, they remind me of Hitchhiker's Guide in some ways. I mean, you have, you go to the sex planet and there are people that are just composed of legs mm. and a face. That, yeah. That's that's, a, that's like the crazy, the zaniness, you know, um, um, Douglas Adams that comes up with. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and and the ghost girl, like the coloring, Adams, right, the coloration on this is brilliant. Like, it's Fiona, as her art, but... Yeah, because she does the color art as well, right? Is she colors as well? I believe. Let's I, find out. You know, I don't actually remember. It might be Val Stables. Um, it just says artist, and then the next attrib- uh, uh, person right. is lettering and design. So Fiona is the artist. Okay. So she's inker and colorist? Yeah. Wow. It's gorgeous. She's really it's, good. It's a little delayed at times of the book, but I'm okay with it. I don't I would wait. It's And what, what I do like about image comics in general right now is that they're very on top of well, first of all, they're putting out a lot of good material, but they're very on top of uh, trade paperback collections timed so that you can get into the next issue, which is something that both Marvel and DC no longer really do anymore. Yeah, the new image is completely transformed. Because now, like, you can buy, like, um, the new uh, volume of the trade comes out in July. You can buy the new issue in July as well. Like, you'll mm. be able to not miss a beat. And the fact that, like, when I bought when I bought this volume originally of Saga Volume 1, the next week, like, issue number 7 came out. Like, it was... That's the way it should run, but they're more and more trying to push push that back. Uh, Marvel, especially DC's, always been doing that. Like DC, like I just bought you know Aquaman Volume One, The Trench. That's issue. Like I need issue number seven now. That trade is not coming out for months. The if I wanted to pick up an issue in the store, it'd be issue twenty one. Yeah. So I'm I'm so. I'm I'm like over a year behind. Now Marvel's a little bit better, but if they have a hardcover of a book, they're now not releasing the paperback for at least eight months after. So Avengers is up to I think issue ten or eleven. Uh, the soft cover is not going to be available till next year. Yeah, uh, and it's coming out twice a month. So by by the time it comes out, there's probably it's going to be past issue twenty, and, and I'm going to be on issue six, and like that's problematic. So some people like I I guess they want to continue to push people to buy singles. That's why they're pushing away. And plus with the pricing, yes. right? Like the yeah. pricing has gotten ridiculous in trades. Uh, not Again, not from Image. Image is doing it right. Image is putting them out quickly so you can jump right onto their books and hopefully actually want the singles. Um, like this collection here, this, this collection of Saga, this was what, the first six issues? And it was, it's $10. That's a good value. Mm. I mean, like that's, I mean, it's three fifty a regular issue, I believe, but you can buy a trade for 10 bucks. I mean, that's a really good value for the trade. I mean, not that you guys liked Red She Hulk at all, but well, it was eighteen bucks, so it's for five issues for Canadian, uh, for five issues, yeah. But in the U.S., it was sixteen. So you're really shouldn't a be a difference in the prices. No, there shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why uh, people Especially wonder. Since they're printed here. 
Guys, I know. I want to talk more about Saga. I'm sorry. Fine. I'm talking into other things. <laughs> uh, well, before we talk, let you talk more about Saga, Paul. No, I want you guys to talk more about Saga. I want to hear. <laughs> talk more about Saga, Paul. Um, no, I enjoyed the overall narrative of the story, actually. Um, I thought it read really well. I didn't yeah. lose me anywhere. Now, did you have lowered expectations because you opened up the page to that one shot? I was a little disturbed by some of the stuff, I will admit. I, I, I mentioned it already a few times. I thought the, I got, there's tons of boob there for you know the Spider-Woman's flaunting around with them flying everywhere. Did you feel that it was like too soon, uh, spoilers, too soon to kill her off? Did you feel yeah. that they could have like, yeah, yeah I kind of wish she was Especially more. when they expose the fact that the Will still wanted still to be with her, her right? Yeah. So, and maybe that'll push him to a, a, a different direction in the story. But maybe that, it also right? saved us from a sex scene between her and the Will. <laughs> so I will, I'll take that. But you know? I like that move that they were bold enough to do this character and, and she was established well and I'm like, she's cool and she's like hardcore. Creepy. And then she's dead. Yeah, that, that's a willingness of... Very of, easily and quickly though. Like, it's a willingness yeah. of creators who aren't at the big two to be able to bring in cool concepts and then let them go. Because with the problem, we with call the big... them the Joss Whedon. Yeah. Well, because with the, at the big two, they... killing characters like a Joss, <laughs> like a Joss. That's amazing. Okay. But like, why well, at the big two it. they bring in a character and then they, they have to think about the viability of this character or they want royalties on this character later, so they can't just kill them off. Or what do you mean royalties? This is creator owned. I don't care. I'm, I'm saying at the, bigger... the big two. Oh, I see. At the okay. big two, when they create things, usually they want it to be keep on going like they you mean licensing fees and so forth a little on, bit on characters yeah. to make toys out of them I think there's something to that no, granted, movie, they yeah. might use their better ideas when they do creator own stuff but I mean it's still there's still an element of that or sometimes they put them in two different movies and Brian Singer wants to put one character in a <laughs> stupid movie and Joss Whedon wants to put him in the good movie and Brian Singer's such a little dickhead that he won't let it go I hate Brian Singer so much. I don't think much. you can fault him for that. Yes, I can. I can fault him for, for all the ills of the world. I don't, I don't think he necessarily demanded it. I think he was like, I want to use this character. Brian but, doesn't even know who he is. Hold on. He's already filming his thing before they even... Brian's never even read the comic it's based on. Brian hasn't read any comics Brian with Quicksilver. You can't take it personally. Brian doesn't know what a comic is. <laughs> he thinks it's Garfield. I don't, <laughs> and he's like, I don't see Garfield in this movie. Can we get him? I don't think Brian Singer... Red opened up the, the variety and was like, oh, they're going to use Quicksilver? That character sounds like he might have... First of all, he doesn't know about comic books, so how would he even know? <laughs> Why would he want to put him, shoehorn him in a movie he doesn't belong in the first place? How do we know that he doesn't belong? Why didn't he, he doesn't belong use in his other past, past character that he replaced Quicksilver with? Well, maybe, yeah. they're gonna, maybe they're going to build up that relationship with Magneto, which they can't do in Avengers. They cannot yeah. reference him being a mutant or being or being the son of Magneto. No, granted, who cares? for twenty years he wasn't the son of Magneto, but still, yeah. I mean, that's a huge part of who that's he is not there. why Joss wants to put him in no. Avengers, and we all know why he no, wants I, him in Avengers because Joss has read a comic because he <laughs> wants to see some incestual sex going on <laughs> with him. No, that's only if Mark Millar was involved. <laughs> and Mark Millar is the creative consultant on if they don't Days at, if they don't at least have There's not Wanda, a little incest. I'm going to be disappointed if they don't at least have Wanda come and like take her fingertips and lightly dance. <laughs> them along his shoulder and then lean on his shoulder from behind him during a briefing, I'll be a little upset. Can't she at least flirt with a robot instead? Stroke, stroke a toaster? <laughs> I don't care that. Well, maybe they'll bring Ultron in in the Ant-Man movie and then you know, I do not want Ultron happens. in an Ant-Man movie. That's Ultron a waste of Ultron. Vision, and then she can have robots. And they got that line that Data says, like, I'm fully, what is it, I'm I'm fully, fully functional. functional. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, back to Saga. <laughs> I forget where we were. Um, 
I do like the shot of uh, the to- uh, the TV man on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, see, not that's... using the toilet. He's just sitting there, isn't he? Sure, no, he's well, he's, he's using it. Yeah, he's using oh, it. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, there's no back to the toilet. So it's not, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely using the toilet. I, I really do want to know more about like what these why how they are robots in any way because why that's do the they thing. have TV faces? Right, because whenever they put robots in something, it's supposed to be a commentary for the, like them to be ingenues to look at human beings mm. from outside of humanity and comment on the absurdity of their biologics and yeah. all these things. Why do they lie to people? Lying. <laughs> um, why do they fall in love? All these things. Yeah. Instead, they're like, we fall in love, we screw, we take dumps. Like, there's nothing different he's about really them. He's really excited. He's having yeah. a robot TV Ex- screen baby. He's having a baby, except for the fact that they have emoticons on their face. They're not really robots. I really want to know what they actually are. That's kind of... Uh, just to cycle back, I just realized, I just remember what we were talking about before. The fact that they killed off... Um, oh, yeah. What's Spider-Man. her name? The spider, spider Lady? Spider Lady. Spider Lady. And that, that they're able to dispense of characters relatively quickly. Right. I, I, it does speak to the power of his writing and of the visuals the that you care about spider. this character very quickly and then yeah. she's gone. And there's no remorse about it I because cried. the story has more important things the to tell. Stock. The stock. The stock, that's right. But I like, like the, when the will was on the phone and he couldn't get it. I'm like, oh, yeah. no. I like that Vaughn is like, you know, I got a big story to tell. I got weird characters all over the place. But there's a lot of other stories I have to tell, and that's kind of a breath of fresh air. Because instead of just being like, "Here are the characters, and this is what we're going," the same characters we're going to be dealing with throughout the rest of the saga. Uh, instead, we're going to kill people off. People are going to die. It's not always going to be the same characters. Uh, obviously, the thorough line is going to be the you know the couple and the child. But everything else, maybe one could, of the couple's members will die. Maybe, but things are going to change. Yeah. Things can change, and that's. In in a in a, a an industry that's dominated by no change at all or the illusion of change, it's nice to have the ability that anything could happen. Uh, that's one of the things I re- really liked about Exiles when it, in the first couple of years because it was fresh and new and anything could happen. And then it got popular and people like characters. And then those and characters then it gets conservative. And those and it became ultra conservative because those characters can't actually die because they're big fan favorites now, or they can't. So then then it starts to lose that flavor of anything can happen. That anything can happen is what makes it more exciting because you. This is an industry where nothing can happen. <laughs> like yeah. anything looks like it can happen, and but even nothing, if something happens, it didn't it, really happen. It'll it'll go back. Sure. Yeah. Even yeah. if you're married for twenty years, you make a deal with the devil and it's gone. Like nothing is forever. You think someone's dead, but then Superboy Prime punches something and you're back to life. Oh, good. Thank goodness for that. I'm just saying, like nothing is forever in comics, but in indie comics, anything Things can be can forever be. because they do whatever the hell they want. It's their own thing. So. And there's more, you know, creator and integrity in that. Yeah, and Vaughn has a lot of ideas, and obviously, and I, uh, Fiona is amazing as an illustrator. She's incredible. I'm sure she's a lot more than you know. Just as this credits her as the illustrator, I'm sure there's a lot of creative. I'm sure there's a lot her. of storytelling. Like, yeah, because yeah, there's so much here that's visual that you couldn't just come up with a script. It, it's more than her making Vaughn look good in the visuals. I feel like she's making this story better. Like, if, if this feels better than. Why the Last Man? Like, I like I this better in one volume. I read all really? the Why the Last Man, and I like this better. Really? So I think there's something to her presence here that I, I don't think uh, we should underestimate. Hmm. No, it's really good. I'm excited for the next. To I've read some of the issues, but I haven't read all of them that are going to be in the next volume. So I'm excited to uh, get that in July. So Nate, how many? How many boobies? <laughs> how many boobies? How many li- liars? <laughs> how many lying cats? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how many TV? How many TV babies? This is excellent. I think this is um, eight point five nine kind of territory. Okay, maybe nine. Okay, and you definitely would read the next volume. But yeah, we're you're ready. We got it pre-ordered. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's my birthday present. All right, Amber. Uh, give it a nine. 
No. Because okay. it's not perfect, but it's excellent. Um, I gave it a freaking eight. I love my eights. I'm very. These books yeah. are not all of the same quality. They're not all the same. Qu- well, but you're suggesting yeah, he did write them all eight, didn't he? <laughs> I did. They're all. I enjoy them all for very different reasons. Some like this one had a little bit like you do need to be concerned the fact that people do listen to you as a reviewer yeah. and they trust your opinion. Oh, I'm not you afraid need to of, be careful here. Here's the, well, here's here's part of the problem. I don't not, care. The part of the problem is that when we when we do these, we don't th- these are things I own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bought them for a reason. Mm-hmm. I bought them because I enjoy them. So unfortunately, I am not. And that's I'm going to be that should be a good enough reason though, shouldn't it? I'm going to be a kind of a constant here. Is that I'm probably a lot of the things we're going to look at on book of the month. If I bought them in trade, uh, I'm probably going to give them an eight. Hmm. I'm not the one that really should be listening. I'm to probably going to give them an eight. Yeah, if their presence. <laughs> no seven point fives. No eight point fives. No varying. No, to any and degree. he's I mean, not going to buy anything he really likes. No nine. Maybe maybe the problem isn't that he's ranking them high. Maybe he just like says eight, but he's just kind of middle ground on everything. Everything's kind of like uh, Adam. Maybe eight is just the way to make Bottom it sound like I enjoyed better. it. And like if I enjoyed enough it's to buy enough. it, it's probably buy. eight or higher. Do you or... own anything that's a nine or a ten? I do. Could you name one? Uh, off the top of my head, born again, born again, weapon X. A born again, born again would be a a, a nine, a nine, nine okay. and a half. That's good. To I know mean, this. anything I've ever ranked in a top five episode, and it's been like one. Like, obviously, I, I love those books. Okay. I there are things I buy. There are things that are coming up in the next eight months that I've already ordered. Like, uh, I don't know if we're going to actually discuss it as a book of the month, but I'd like to. I don't know if Paul could read it though. It would be Punisher Warzone. That I would give. Like a nine. Why don't you know if you could read? Ah, uh, because he'd have to read a lot to get up to there. Punisher Warzone basically. <laughs> You're saying up. you want him to read the other Punishers? Yes. There's there? a lot more reading for him to read Warzone. But we could just read it on oh the merits. Anyway, what yes. else? We should read Glory. Glory. Yes. Okay. I haven't. See, I haven't read that. That would be more interesting for me. You know, Glory. the one that was recommended on uh, CGV19. That was the reboot of the Liefeld series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That I read is that. amazing. Um, okay. amazing, huh? Okay. You know, I'd be open to reading some of that because that, that for me would be something that new that I don't already... Do you like lots of violence? I should have done this after. I don't know. I'm Super violent. <laughs> I like this kind of discussion. Like, um, I, uh... Well, let's get... Let's but, at least... But, talking about reboots, they had Profit that was rebooted. Yeah, I, I couldn't stand it. It's my wish list. Oh, yeah? I don't like um, it? it wasn't for me. I, I read it. I was excited because I know nothing about Profit, and I was excited yeah. there was something totally different. I read it, and I was kind of... And then... I didn't understand what the point was, and then it felt very repetitive after a certain point, and I didn't like it, so I don't own it mm. for that reason. So I might still check it out. Like I read, uh, I picked up uh, DMZ or DMZ, um, DMZ because of Brian Wood, <laughs> and I don't like it. So like it. how did you feel, Amber? Not very good. But I, we, we tried it, right? Yeah. So now like, we know we don't. I've Anyways, read so Brian the, Wood stuff I love, but yeah. so this is the little proviso on the book of the month episodes. I'm more interested in what he, I think the the listeners are. Pro- the fact that they're on there means I probably liked it. Mm. So I'm more interested to hear what you guys are going to think about books because you guys didn't buy them, so you're not beholden. That obviously you don't like it. That's good. I, I'm glad if you don't like I do it. Do like, like it? I do like uh, saga. Yes, I'm <laughs> talking about anything that we talk about in book of the month. Right. Like like last month, you did not like Batman all that much. I liked some things though. You liked some elements, but over the overall, yeah. it wasn't quite for I you. It was weak. Uh, forget what the Marvel book was. Um, what the hell did we talk about last month? Um, I was East of West was the image book which you did like yeah and then there was something Marvel do you remember what it was uh, Paul well I'm brain fart right now yeah I can't remember what that was either uh, we'll, we'll recall it as we're talking if uh, I want I really want to hear what Paul thinks of Saga yes because I thought I thought he would hate it but it doesn't sound like he hated it no I didn't hate it I, again I, I thought did you think you would sorry did you think you would because expectations always play a part into how we end up perceiving things in the final 
I was nervous as I flipped through it before I read it that some of the stuff would be really heavy-handed, right? Um, and they wouldn't, Brian wouldn't spend a good uh, amount of time um, either explaining where we are or just making where we are difficult to understand. But he laid it out pretty simple. Wait, did you say Brian Wood or Brian Vaughn? Brian Vaughn. Okay. Um, Brian K. Vaughn. K. Vaughn, sorry. Brian Singer. K for kaleidoscope Vaughn. <laughs> Stop saying Brian Singer. We know you don't like him. By the way, it was Hawkeye that we talked about last month. <laughs> it was Hawkeye, you're right. Yeah, it was you're Hawkeye right. last month. Um, so, uh, do we understand, like, the planet they're on and that they're on the run? Um, to get away from, yeah. It seems like they don't really know stuff about it. Like, they get this map and they go, well, it's a rocket ship forest, so there must be. Mm. Rocket ships in this forest. Like, how would, wouldn't they know if their planet would have? It's not their planet. It's not their planet. It's like yeah. a planet they happen to be on. That they were both like they were sent there to fight because it's one of the planets in the war, and they ended up there together. And that lets you have a fantasy planet. journey, getting a yeah. map and following the map. Like that's that's super. You know, the D and D kind of aspect of it. Like I'm going to find my way through here, and we're going to have adventures. Mm. Um, the art was really good. Like when splash page, big battle here with the big turtle. And the big, uh, but see how that's thing. nicely drawn. That there's like a focal point to the couple, and you follow their eyes out, and yeah. you see this big turtle. Take that, Iris. Yeah, <laughs> and there, there's there's empty space, as it were. There's negative space that isn't always. Not everything is trying to take your attention. Yeah. It's mm. a splash page win, yeah. and you can feel the true relationship and love between the husband and wife as they're frolicking around this planet and getting to the. Uh, the rocket ship I like that they're also friends too. Like they can call each other on stuff, and yeah. like they can have an argument, and it's not the end of the world. It does feel more organic as a relationship because that's what it's like. I mean, it's not all you know happiness and rainbows. Mm. There are moments where you're like, you know, screw off, you're, or you are calling yourself in your own shit. So I mean, there is that uh, that aspect. It, it's nice to have that reality in the fantasy. It's not all intensely love all the time, be all end all. Yeah, like Princess Bride. Yeah. There was no business for Wesley to love Buttercup. She's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of the humor, right? <laughs> but, yeah, but it's I guess. okay. Yeah. Well, she's very pretty. No, but but it's because it's, 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 it's um, uh, Inigo and the Man in Black and um, mm-hmm. uh, Montoya. Um, that's Inigo. That's Inigo. What's the giant's name? What was oh, his great. name? Not Andre. Fezzik. Fezzik. It was their relationship that was so neat and compelling. That was the humanity in that. That's why it was fun to watch. True. So, uh, what would you? How many boobies would you give it? Uh, I give it seven boobies. Seven boobies. Okay, seven boobies. Well, that's higher than you gave our last image offering. Mm-hmm. So that's always interesting. Because again, this was accessible and it was a good read, and the story was told very well. I enjoyed the narrative. I don't like the robo people. No, I'm not a fan no. of that character design. What they're trying to do with them. Yeah, I don't get why like the wink people are following the robo people. I okay. don't see the connection there. Gotcha. Right. Um. I really want to know what you think. That, like, I haven't. Given Do you like the will? You, are you a fan of the will? Yeah, I'm very happy when yeah. the will smashed the guy's face for the sexual little girl. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what that everyone should want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Is like he does not believe at all in what's happening mm. at this place, but he's super cool with flattening a man's head with his hands. Yep. I'm like the will is awesome. Yeah, the will is awesome. He has his the priorities straight. The will was. And and now I mean he's he's introduced as this antagonist, and from that scene we now all of a sudden go, I kind of want to root for him now. But then that's conflicting to you because you're like, wait a minute. His mission is to <laughs> is yeah. to get this couple exactly. So now you have like two people you're rooting for, but they're on on makes them makes them more compelling. I love for sure. Yeah. 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 Would you read the next volume? Pa- Long pause. <laughs> He's probably. Yeah. 
Yeah. Probably. Probably. Okay, so if I put it in front of you, you wouldn't yeah. be like, get I that shit. I, it wouldn't be like Red She-Hulk, where you're like, oh my god, get that away from me. Yeah, I did burn it. I would never read the second volume of that. I know. No, that, there's, I'd like to know where, where's, it's going. That's why Red She-Hulk's canceled. Oh, that's hurtful. It's a shame, because they cancel things that don't deserve to be canceled. And yeah. then they don't cancel Shredge Yoke fast enough, so I'm just like, hard to... Whatever. <laughs> it was a nice it's experiment. Not, it's not. I feel mean now. It's, it's not sorry, Red no. She-Hulk. You know what? To Try be honest, hard. although... And, Amber okay. likes Parker, too. Like, she loves um, a, uh, X-Men... Uh, what's it called? You're, not you won. Um, first Class? First, first Class. class. Yeah, I love First Class. Loves well, I mean, not every writer's always good. <laughs> you know, some writers have, they have clunkers. I mean, you like what well, would, and you don't like DMZ. DMZ. Yeah. So it's not just work. because you like someone doesn't I, I don't like everything about Hickman. I wasn't a huge fan of East of West. Mm. I read issue one and two, didn't really care for it, but I love a lot of his other stuff. So, and even some of his other stuff. I mean, but you love everything Chris Claremont's ever done. Oh, you especially, especially the Neo. Yeah, so. Up until like ninety one, <laughs> he's better. Ninety one's about the cutoff. Really, point, his yeah. strongest offering. What was X Women? X Women. Oh, that gratuitous so cheesecake <laughs> weird story. <laughs> oh man. Um, stuff. I'm excited at some point, Paul, to have you read Manhattan Projects because I don't know if you'd like it, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if you'd like it at all because it's a little weird, it's a little strange, but it's I don't know. I have no idea what you would think of it, <laughs> but I'm excited to find out. Like sometimes I think you pick things not just because you like them, just because you really want to screw with us. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I kind of knew that Paul probably wouldn't get behind Red Shield. Um, I was wondering if you would maybe take through it a little bit more. I kind of knew it was an uphill battle with Paul, but I was more excited to see if I could, if I could, through, you know, roll that that rock up the hill instead of flapping me. And but, I know um, that you don't know what I'll think. I don't know what you're gonna think. And I thought you might, you know, I I take a chance on something. Again, I enjoy it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not always gonna enjoy things you guys are gonna like, and vice versa. So I mean. I'm excited to try. If you do bring glory, maybe next time we could do that, or yeah. who knows wow. what next time will be. Glory will be an interesting conversation. It's I mean, good. It's going to be a while until we have time to do that. It's good, guys. Um, but we'll have to see um, what comes out between now and the next book of the month club, yeah. and what we. I want to see Paul read Empowered. No, I don't. <laughs> empowered. Yeah, Amber loves Empowered. She's on volume four now. That's yeah. titillating. <laughs> oh God. Volume five. Any uh, any final thoughts, anybody? No, I like I, comics. I think you like comics? Well, I like comics. That's good. <laughs> They'd be fun to read. Um, they have pictures and words. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes boobies. Yeah, so I guess... So but Paul... I have boobies, so boobies aren't exciting. <laughs> well, <laughs> Look, I'm a horn dog. I love tits, but I just felt Sonus was just here it's because you can't do this Marvel or DC, so mm-hmm. let's just... Throw it all in there. Right? Yeah, a little bit. Just I think Spider Woman. That's like when sometimes you're watching HBO and you're like, you just put boobs on here because you well, Game, of, exactly. Game of Thrones, yeah. like yeah. or or the F yeah, word, like, right? That's what Larry David. Larry David's like, I want to be with HBO because I want to use the F word. Like, do you feel the need to use the F word a lot? Mm. No, but if I want to use it, I like to feel that I could. <laughs> I feel like some writers end up using it too much or as a crutch, or right. even in the ones where they don't actually swear, but they just have the asterisks and stuff. It's just like stop it. Just use a different word. Well, War Machine—that's what he. That's all he did back in the day. Whenever War Machine was in a book, it was like he, he just. Oh yeah, curses. Whenever he saw Tony, yeah, he'd be like, you know, you bleep and bleep. And like yeah. that's all he got, and it's just like really like. And Bendis did that a lot. Uh, like you can't just use words after a while. You have to use asterisks mm-hmm. and like weird, weird symbols. Like it's just it is use your words too because Fiona. I mean, you think with a female artist, they're not. 
as inclined. This is stereotypical. This has nothing to do with reality. Very. Because have you ever seen Nicola Scott? I mean, she's gorgeous work, but it doesn't shine away. We associate gratuity with the male kind of psyche because we are always out for it, right? We're like the ones who, you know, pornography is for men. Women's pornography is completely the written word. They don't really look at pornography in a visual way. So you associate these horny male artists who draw cheesecake art as being, it's because he's a guy, he can't help himself. Adam Hughes. So then you think to yourself, well, women aren't sexual then, right? That's false but that's what people think so fiona couldn't be drawing this because she finds it titillating she must be drawing it for narrative it must have a meaning maybe she is drawing it just because she thinks hey i can get away with this who really knows i don't know anything about her except that she's a good artist it's also to push that envelope and like you know not only is this going to be like a weird kind of disfigured kind of lady but there's also a lot of boobs (laughs) i i don't think the gender of the artist determines how much boob will be in it because, um, I think it, I think I there think is, I think there is a think, tendency on men. I think but. the quality of the boob is determined <laughs> by the gender of the artist. Because Interest, women so better boobs. It is grounded, right? Yeah. Not, none of the boobs are. They're not the boobs, again. Right? Depending They're not on the Red artist. She-Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Depending on the artist, because again, Nicholas Scott, who does Earth Two, it's not. They're not small. I know, but at least they look but O'Connor, like they who did Power weight. Girl, was like you know those are pretty big. <laughs> but well, that's part. Unfortunately, that has part become of part of the I'm character. I'm not saying size. I'm saying Just realisticness dimensions? of falling and positioning okay. and reaction. Gotcha. Well, Amanda <laughs> Connor did not care. Well, I, I read an interview with her too, and she was like, she was talking about boobs too, and she's like, yeah, boobs aren't a big deal to me, and I feel like I have a more an idea of how they should be drawn because I see them every day. Yeah. Kind of thing. So it was like. I, I read that interview with her. I was kind of like, okay, anything you draw now with Power Girl from now on is like permissible for some reason because because she seems to get it. Like, yeah, interesting. Well, I think people give it a little bit more of a pass. Yeah. Because like, oh, well, a woman I give drew it. it. More of a pass. A woman drew it. Well, okay. It can't be offensive now. It's not sexist now. It's a woman does m- it. Worse then because yeah. now we're we're like excusing it because a woman drew it. Yeah. What it's if like reverse sexism? Yeah. Because you can draw your. It's like. It's like you can make jokes about your own what face. If it was, you can sexualize your own gender. Well, what if it was like a unisex name, so it's actually a guy, but everyone's like, oh, it's a girl. Pat okay. Lee. <laughs> okay, <laughs> not really. But, but like, like, what if what, Pat Moore. Yeah. But does it change your view of it? If it's a unisex name and you think it's a woman drawing the women, you're like, oh, it's okay. But then you find out it's a guy. Does it change your view of the art that's already been done? Um, actually, I didn't... It probably does. I didn't it probably does, but was, it shouldn't. I didn't read who the artist was before okay. I started reading um, okay. this. And I thought... They're really well done. Like, they look very... Like, the the artist who does Glory, I can't remember who it is, but I know it's a man. But he also does, like, various female body types and stuff. Yeah, he's and very think, interesting. Yeah. I think that's what I respect. And so when I was reading Saga, I respected that they did various female body types. And even, like, the dead girl, like, she's, like, preteen and she's mm-hmm. got a t-shirt on. And I'm like... She actually looks her age. That's how her boobs would look in that t-shirt. Mm. And it made sense. And I'm like, that it's, like, realistic body types and, and the way they fall. And then I found out it's yeah. a woman. I'm like... Mm. Course. Not like, uh, but if a man does that, it's okay. It's almost like you give them more praise, though, in a man. It's like, oh, a guy drew this. And again, in glory, there's a lot of attention given to hairstyles, too. Yeah, and their clothing and the way clothing fits on their bodies. It's attention to detail because men seem to look at women as this abstract idea like their hips and their boobs and 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 their waists are way too long. Yeah, and and so all women. Or Frank Cho, he draws all of his women the same. They're all this idea he's created in his head, constructed in his head. Oh, Shanna. This is how women look. And women who know that women don't look that way because they scrutinize their body Mm. and they scrutinize other women's bodies and they're always like constantly aware that their bodies aren't these impossible fantasy yeah, we, creations. We as women are looking at more women's bodies or it's probably just as many as men. Because no, we're, we're, no, like, we're, we're looking at the same comparing. amount but you guys are more realistic awesome. about what yeah. we're looking at. Because <laughs> we're always comparing and we're like, yeah. like, 
was like, how how do my boobs measure hers, and what is my boob to waist ratio compared to hers, and does she look boob better than me? Boob to waist ratio. That's, never, that's an important issue. That's a thing. Boob to waist. Because like, if you can maintain waist the hourglass, yeah. it's okay, mm. as long as your waist is smaller than your boobs, <laughs> or your or your hips, I guess. There, there's some insight into female psyche, guys. Well, that's <laughs> that's a big thing for our listenership. Anyway, I am glad that we are seeing more female creators. Um, again, Captain Marvel, that's a series that's by a female writer and artist team. Like, I, I really want to see more of that. Really not just for affirmative action, though. I'd rather not... I'm not a huge yeah, fan of, would that be great to see women, female artists and writer on X-Men? That'd be great. That would be cool. I'm not a huge fan I'm of Kelly Sue about that team. I know you are. I, I enjoy her. I've, I've learned to like her. Not, not because of Captain Marvel. I hate her on Avengers Assemble. Oh, I just think she's not... I've read that. Not that good in, uh, a writer. Well, again, not everyone's going to be good in everything. No. Um, I'm thinking for our next book of the month, I, I don't care if I say it on, on the air, um, we, might, spoilers, we might discuss... Uh, <laughs> yeah, spoilers, guys. On the next podcast that we do, oh my god. In a month. Um, it might be a little bit more than a month from now, but uh, I'm, hopefully we'll look at a Avengers Assemble, which is um, kind of... It was released right when the Avengers movie came out by Brian Michael Bendis and Bagley. Because it's an interesting... Really? It's an interesting thing. It's finally being released in trade, because um, right. it was slow. It's an interesting read. You, there's different perspectives to take on it, which is kind of why I want everyone to read it. I actually don't remember reading all of it, so I'm not even sure if I'm going to enjoy it myself. So it may not be an eight. Just, <laughs> oh my gosh. But, spoiler, this might be exciting for me. <laughs> it might actually be lower than that. Um, I should just buy things I hate. No, I can't do that, because it's a waste of money. But I don't care. She's like comics anyway. Yeah, hmm? She-Hulk, that's a waste of money. I enjoyed it. I don't care. You get that money back. Over oh, that time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, any any final final thoughts? You went for like three days. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we're good. I think we're good. Amber, I'm all set. You like Saga? You're excited for the next volume? I'm very excited. Okay, good. All right. Don't read She-Hulk. Uh, let it alone. All right. Don't do it. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, you can send us emails at comic shenanigans at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook. Uh, you can Don't also. Don't like She Hulk. God. Uh, just stop. I, everyone gets it. <laughs> We're not. Like, no one's like, oh man, I don't I don't really know what Paul thinks. What is Paul's opinion on She Yeah. Like, it's, gonna be it's funny because usually we say that you're kind of quiet on a lot of things and we don't always know exactly how you feel about things. That is not the case here. We no. all get it. You Good. hate this. Yeah. You gave it a zero. Zero plus zero hate. You know, I didn't even know zero was possible on the show, but it is now. Yeah. You've, you've established that. I set the bar. I get it. <laughs> uh, you can also post on our HC Realms thread. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's basically it. I'm done. <laughs> I, I've had to try and defend this book and hear just you this can't. slaughtering. You I have, enjoyed yeah, it. I don't it's, know how. It's been possible. I know. I'm just tired of you telling me it's garbage. I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's not for you. Obviously. I used to way to punch you and then you can change uh, your mind on it. It was more for me. <laughs> Clearly. And I liked it. Uh, it was because uh, you like garbage. <laughs> thanks to my special guest, as we did have uh, Nathan Struck, yeah, Amber Struck, and Paul Squares. And I'm Adam Travin. Thank you very much. I say you should read Reship and She Hulk, but uh, you know that's just me. And Get it off before you get to. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us. We'll Fire. see you next time. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye.